This episode was brought to you by The Social Fishing Membership, Australia's fastest growing freshwater platform, giving you the resources to catch more fish. Welcome to The Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Well, mate, we're finally teed it up. Thanks for jumping on board. Hey, mate, no worries. It's good to be here. Jimmy Barwick, the uh, we got a story to tell, so <laughs> I will let you tell the story of who you are. But uh, Jimmy, probably known you for a bit over, no, about 12 months. Yeah. About 12 months. Yeah. Um, it's taken a while to tee this podcast up, it that's has. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And this is the first one I've actually recorded in person. Since, no, no, not the first, but since a long time, yeah, since true. before COVID. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, I think, oh, no, the last one might have been at Copeton with Dan, sitting on the shore. True. Yeah, and then we did a couple at Windermere, but yeah, it's been it's been a while, so it's good to actually have one face-to-face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good quality audio. So tell us the story, mate, where you're from, oh. and how'd you end up? We're going to start, I feel like yours is going to be the longest it's, story it, of it's, everyone. It's long, so I'll try and condense it down. Um, the most, the most easy way around it is, um, born and bred in Tasmania, um, keen trout fisherman, got into it at a young age, fly fishing specific. Um, our conventional fishing isn't really much to write home about down there. Trout, few sort of trout and plastic, trout and brim, um, plastics, few small hard bodies and stuff through younger years. But, um, is that, so what did you, what did you, where were you born? Down in Tassie, down in Hobart. In Hobart. Yeah, Hobart, Tasmania, down the eastern shore there. And how did fishing become a part of you? Was it from a little tacker or...? Yeah, yeah. Dragged along from camping in the high country by Dad. He was a really keen fly angler. He did fly fish. Yeah, yeah. And and conventional too. You know, we were out chasing flathead on hand lines and... Yeah. Mr. Twister, soft plastics, dual tails, yeah. you know, remember You're when old they... enough for that, are you? Yeah, remember, <laughs> that's exactly, it is, hey. Remember when they came on the market and, you know, sort of tr- trying to figure out, you know, I just drag these across the bottom and, hey, believe it or not, they just wailed flathead. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, so it sort of kicked off What age there. was that? Do you remember it? I know that I picked up a fly, but I caught my first trout in the fly when I was seven, but it would have been in around that that realm. Yeah, cool. Like again, our, our sea fishing back home isn't much to write home about. Yeah. But flatties, you know, go on the table. Yeah. Um, there's no real snapper as such or kingies yeah. or any of that fun. So it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. fishing for food. Yeah, yeah, flatties and brim. Well, brim came later on. Yeah. When, when the soft plastic revolution sort of came around, you know, the old squidgy wrigglers, bushy and starlo and, you know, bloodworm. Yeah. Um, can't remember. 60 mil squidgy wriggler. Maybe yeah. that was it. Like that was... That was deadly. And mm-hmm. I remember fishing it for the first time, you know, you watch a bit of a tutorial, didn't have a clue, didn't know really what to do. We had a drogue but no electric motor. So yeah. we put the, put the drogue out and we were, we were fishing back up current and with yeah. a heavy enough jig head and just slowly bouncing them off the bottom, not having any idea. And then started getting a few brim and then the Berkeley bass minnows, three inch bass minnows came popular. And yep. in Hobart, a lot of docks, a lot of really good southern black brim fishing and um, sort of not to say the forefront as it was kicking off, but when it became popular, we were in amongst that movement and pitching, pitching plastics underneath docks with six pound leader and, and just getting blasted by these brim. You know, you'd put a 50. 50- How old are you, like 10? Yeah, so to, to coming into 10, early teens. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, fishing was obsessive. In Hobart. So you had pretty good fishing in Hobart. You didn't have to travel far. Like you, it was on the Derwent. Yeah, on the Derwent. Yeah, you yeah. know, the Derwent um, River. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not silly. Yeah, I've absolutely. been there. You have been there? Yeah, I've been to yeah, Hobart. True. Yeah, I was only little. Probably about 13. Cold, cold place. Went there, Eagle Hawk Neck. Yeah, um, great place. And... Lake Leak. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, my grandfather owned a shack on Lake Leak. You know, little shacks. On... Absolutely. Yeah, yep. Lake Leak. That's 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 a good waterway in its yeah. time. Well, yeah. Well, I struggled, but I was only middle. We caught a couple of redfin, redfin in there. Yep, they've got reddies in and there and some massive eels. <laughs> the, massive the short eels. fin eel. <laughs> yeah. Heaps of them. Yeah. Yep. Bait stealers. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. So I remember that. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, the plastic fishing was pretty big, and then we turned that because we were keen fly fishermen up in our central highlands, Tassie, it's sort of like the high country here up in Kosciuszko, much better lake fishing, a lot of hatch-driven sort of stuff. Yeah. But I remember throwing plastics and stiffy minnows and um, oh, I can't even remember the names, you know, just small sort of 50 to 70 mil yep. little crankbaits and um, nailed them in amongst the trees and had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. The old burn and kill. Um, That's awesome. Pumpkin seed bass minnow, hey. Looked like a particular galaxia. So... Did you, now seeing seeing all of the world, which you've seen, yeah, or, or not, not the world, not the world, Australia, but just, just, yeah, a lot of Australia, you've gone from one end to the other. What yeah. uh, do you feel like Tassie's completely different, like so secluded, or I just I feel like it was like a different part of the world. One of the biggest things I always try and like explain to people or like convey the message of the diversity. In, in a compact environment. So like Australia from, from top to bottom, you see like in this area, for example, you know, you travel the landscape. Actually, we're sort of on the cusp here because we're, you know, at the foothills as it changes, but you'd head out west or north or south, you get these prolonged periods of the same landscape mm -hmm. for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. North to south in Tassie is like two hours mm -hmm. and a stretch. You know, if you go a bit further, you can make it go. The landscape changes the whole way through. Yeah. It sort of follows this same dry lands, uh, you know, scenes. But you go east to west, might take you sort of four hours, and it goes from white sand beaches, crystal clear water on the east coast. You come up and over the central highlands onto the plateau, sort of like Kosciuszko here. Drop back off into the west coast, you know, um, much more heavy landscape, predominant weather patterns, west southwesterly. You know, it's it's cold, it's windy. It's dark water, a lot of kelp, yeah, great white sharks, yeah, you know, like all the nasty, not all the nasties, but it's a it's a very different landscape compared to the two. Yeah, yeah, right. You go over there for three quarters of the year, and it is absolutely rubbish. Yeah, okay. Um, when you got an easterly system coming in, that's the only time people would head over, right, to go surfing, for example. And otherwise, yep. it's just like onshore, blowing on your face and cold and cold, cold, <laughs> wet, and windy. Yeah. So you grew up there. Where did the story go from there? What age? How long did you stay there for? How did the trout, the fly stuff develop? And then when did you leave there and where did you go? I actually yeah. haven't heard this story. I just knew you from Tasmania. Yeah, right, Where right. did you go once you come up on the mainland and what was the journey? So so I broke out of Tassie. Um, the first time was in my younger years, sort of straight out of school, went up to Mount Hotham, did sort of five ski seasons up there in my younger years. Really? Yeah. So you left Tassie? Yeah, came out of school and went up to Mount Hotham. At what age? At like, uh, finished year 12 for us, so it'd yep. be like 18. 18? Yeah. 18. And you went to Mount Hotham? Got, for the ski stuff? Yeah. So not I'd, for fishing? No, no. So I'd go and spend winters up there. Right. And then go back to Tassie and I'd, and I'd work um, retail jobs yep. and, uh, and an oyster farm. Mm -hmm. mucking around there uh fill the gaps in amongst with fishing up in the highlands still with dad and doing my own 
ventures with mates and that. A lot of the mates were sort of not that keen. One in particular was, um, and we used to go and get amongst some stuff up there. That's five years. Yeah, yeah, five five seasons back and forth. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so um, sort of bouncing around there, and then I met a girl at the time and uh, stayed down in Tassie, um, and it was through where my first sort of chip-in came. I uh, had a gift voucher um, for a particular uh, online fly fishing store down there, and I went to redeem the gift voucher and talking to the guy, and he just so happened to have a position available, so it was in store with him, um, packing orders for the online, so flies, apparel, waders, rods, all the rest of it. He did his own in-house stuff, um, and he dangled a carrot in front of my face at sort of 22... Did you know who you were? No, no. You just went in to buy something? Yeah, 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 and just had a yarn, as most things tend to be, and, mm -hmm. and uh, offered me a position, and yeah, dangled a carrot of getting some guiding in at a young age, so in the early 20s, and I thought that that was going to be the, the bee's knees, so... Yeah, cool. He turns out he needed to go and get a knee operation shortly down the line, it came about, and then all of a sudden he sort of gave me the reins to take over the guiding aspect, so I'd pack orders for a couple of days a week, and then I'd be out guiding. At 24? Yeah, uh, 23, yeah, yeah. And you'd had plenty of fly experience with your old man. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. like growing up from from the from the young age of, not going to say being dragged, but that was dad and I's thing. Um, you know, going back the the, the trout fishing in Tassie fly in particular, um, really hatch driven fishery. Um, a lot of mayflies, beetles, midge, um, early season. Once a bit of warmth comes into it, you get a pretty cool thing called tailing. You know, fish will be as it sounds up in next to no water. Fins and backs out of the water, chasing yep. around, or well, not so much chasing, looking for uh, grubs, worms, um, and it's a really visual fishing. You know, you can prospect in the deeper gutters with wet flies, you know, like dragging small streamers um, yep. and get very explosive, aggressive takes. Um, or you literally see them head down, bum up, doing the free willy, waving their tail around, and they can be right pains in the bum to, yeah. to get because they're so preoccupied on the bottom chasing amphiopods are little scud water sliders yeah in the weeds and your fly just blends in with it and they you know yeah. sometimes they do and sometimes they don't but that's deadly awesome to watch yeah know. well yeah generally in the spot from before sun up much like cod fishing you know before sun up and as soon as that sun breaks it sort of changes if you've yep. got cloud or fog then it can prolong indefinitely but uh yeah it's it's hard in mouth stuff especially when you you know they might be on tadpoles as it gets a little bit further on or frogging Yep. And you'll put a particular fly past the nose when you can see one finning or you might just see like a small disturbance. And they'll charge two or three metres and come and hound it down, power over, big bow wave, and bang, That's grab cool. hold of it. Yeah, it's, it's epic, yeah. So then as the season progresses through... And you got to doing that? Uh, a little bit of it, yeah, yeah. That's a particular one to get. Right, um, but you do that with your old man. Yeah, that's there. Yeah. We got right into that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. A lot of our stuff, again, being the lakes, best taken advantage from... With the boat mm -hmm. um, big expanses of water insects will hatch in a particular area and as they hatch and come to the surface they dry their wings and drift with the wind so being out and being on the water is the best way you fish with a drogue behind and generally slow yourself down and um, yeah fish downwind alongside and uh, Tassie was renowned for its mayfly hatches and amongst things so you'd, you'd see fish on that's on this right day and you'd like red letter stuff yeah just, just Blanket hatches of mayflies, like, yep. like carpets, little sailboats everywhere. And fish would be coming back up the wind at you, so you're drifting onto them slowly. And you'd count them off, you'd see them at like 
50 foot away, you know, 60 foot, and he'd go once, he'd go twice, he's at 40 foot, he'd come the over. fish? Yeah, he'd come over to, you know, 35, and you know, right, here he comes, the next one, you see him go left again, you pick your cast up and line it down, you know, anticipating his path, leading the fish. Yep. And then nose comes up, over, down, sit, one, two, whack, you know, That's and then roll up out of the water, and yeah, it's, it's killer. It's really good. It's, it's, it's a shame that the, the lake fishing up here in Kosciuszko doesn't quite get the same degree of insect life in that sense. M different variety. Mm -hmm. Mayflies, man, it's just like yep. so much fun. So yeah, much fun. No. A lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't count you're fishing out of the boat. But for me, it's what ingrained and where we really sort of uh, signified and ingrained that uh, empowerment fishing, although we call it lakes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until later on, way down the line, where the empowerment fishing for me really came back in. Yeah, right. Um, Bull across that path later on in the Barra sense in North yep. Queensland. I was going to say, we were gonna get so you went, you're in the shop. How long were you in the shop for? Uh, I was in the shop. I guided for him for three seasons. Yep. Yep. And then I got an offer to go over and work in the soup yacht industry. Uh, best mate. So, Where? Uh, in Europe. Yeah. Oh, right. So you left. Yeah. So I left. At yep. 27? Yeah. Six. Yep. 27. Yep. Yep. On the drop of a hat, got offered a job from my best mate. To drive a yacht. Not drive a yacht, work as a deckhand. Okay. On board a 50 metre privately owned super yacht um, in the south of France. And so. Doing what? Just cleaning, man. Glorified cleaner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Window washer. But that stemmed as tickets became available for me to acquire and um, worked as a primary jet ski instructor and tender driver. And you'd stand navigational watch. So we'd be doing passages. Generally in the Mediterranean, it was small scale. Um, that you'd be doing night watch hours, so I'd stand on the bridge for three hours of the evening alongside someone else, and we'd be in control of the boat. Yeah, and you'd, you'd keep a lookout, look for your look for your red and greens, and and make sure you put red to red. And that's mad. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. So you went and did that for how long? I was out there for nearly four years. Really? Yeah. You were out in the ocean four years. Yeah, yeah. How many times did you come home? Um, not as many, twice. You came home twice in four years. Yeah, it was. Did pretty... you fish out there? Yeah, yeah. So, so the freshwater fishing in the lakes. Um, freshwater, freshwater. So, because how'd we're, you get to the freshwater if you're we, in the ocean? We were, we were, um, like base dockside right. on this private boat, so it'd be used for sort of three months during summer, um, at which we had to be on standby. Couldn't be any further than an hour away of the boat. But once the summer season's done and the guests aren't coming anymore, you've got to sort of pack the boat down per se, get all the guest gear stowed away yep. and then just go into maintenance mode, preventative maintenance. So. You had a job <laughs> when it's not being used. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. These boats, man, they're worth tens of millions and the only way to keep them looking Mickey Mouse is to do rigorous work, paint repairs, deck repairs, wood. So over that period, that low down period, you'd actually do all the repairs, the yeah. fixes, which were big projects. Yeah, big projects. And you'd yeah. keep cleaning it. Absolutely. Yeah, like, like yeah, weekly wow. washdowns. But during that period, we were then allowed to go and explore. So. As winter came through, we were, we were able to go maybe do a four-day week. We'd go up into the Alps um, on the fringes of summer seasons. Um, you know, we were able to get a little bit further, do ventures off to particular rivers, um, one in Tuscany and another up in near Slovenia, um, Trentino or yep. the Dolomites. Man, just like, you look at Kosciuszko, it's like a very rounded knoll. You go up there and it's just like... <laughs> really? It goes to the sky. Yeah, yeah. It goes to the sky. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was wild. I also missed it. I missed in amongst that too. There was there was a break in it in there. I did um, I did eight months in Canada in Whistler. In the four years. Yeah. I oh, know. Prior to that. Yeah. That's going. That's going double and back. So we're just prior. So back when you were at the shop. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I skipped out. Eight months in Canada yeah. fishing. Fishing and snowboarding. You're kidding. Yeah. So back back on the super yacht. So um, <clears throat> the the trout fishing in the rivers was unreal, obviously at the foothills of the Alps, yep. the, the the you know, European Alps just big trout? Not overly. Okay. No. European like trout. Oh, even smaller, man. Oh, okay. There's some good ones, but like yep. it's if we think it gets heavily hammered up here on the Yukon Beam with a highway running through, I mean that place has been occupied for thousands of years. You know, yep. there's you don't see a bird in the fields. You hardly see any animals getting around. Yeah, right. Things know what, what it's yeah. like to have a rifle pointed at them. You, know, you don't see it. Hey, it's just like it's not like <laughs> out here. You go and see, you go and see kangaroos. You know <laughs> what it's like to have a rifle. No, no, not at all. Hey, yeah, oh, it's, it's wild. Um, but yeah, so what other fish was, were over there? Uh, where we were based around, the, you know, in the ports, we'd put the underwater deck lights on and uh, sea bass. That was one okay. that I got into. So yep. I got my first saltwater fly rod. You know, it was a nine weight. Um, and you'd, you'd attract all the bait fish, and then in turn, you get these thumping huge sea bass. They call them like a lelupus, like the, the yep. sea wolf. Um, How big they get? Like, oh, man, she's I reckon it'd probably get an 80. Like, oh really? Oh yeah, 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 pop, yeah, proper donkeys, yeah, but, but but they're real, 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 real keyed in, like they're real, right. real smart, yeah. What about small ones? Are they smart? You don't see too many of them. Yeah, oh. you only see thumpers. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just like groper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just they just they fish. just appear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I got a couple of those around the lights, which is nice. They get another one that's called a bluefish, which is pretty much a tailor. Um, yeah. But they they tend to chop your gear more. They come through guns blazing. I actually remember fishing a walk the dog stick bait for one one night, just random, yeah. random tackle that was on. And yeah, he ate, <laughs> it was quite a current running through and he cast it down out of the light and just walking it tick, 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 tick. And he came piling over over the front of it, completely cut me off clean. Yeah. Missed the, missed the whole lot. And really? And just watch this stick bait like drift back off and it <laughs> never, never. And I was just like, oh, well, there goes that. You know, just, yeah, just, yeah. just budget gear that was on board. Yeah. So then that wrapped up. Um, that, that, what age are we now? Like 32? Yeah, we're getting into the early 30s. Yeah. So how long ago was that? That's not that long ago. Not that long ago. Wow. So then I went out. Um, like the, there's NT somewhere in here as well. Yeah, oh man, there's there's a whole bunch. So I lived in Indonesia for close to a year. Okay, so once you finished over there, the four yeah, years, I, then where'd you go? Um, Came got, home? Got, no, I got offered a job in Indo. Doing? Working on another boat. Same job? Yeah, same, same gig. Yep, but, but different cleaning. different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cleaning and driving by then, I'd, I'd accumulated a, a, a master 200 ton. So I was now um, commercially endorsed to skipper a 200 ton vessel, although so I didn't. went through a course while you were working? Yeah, yeah. I, I came back over and took holidays and did the course in Australia. Um, it's funny, it's not recognised in Australia, but internationally. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. It's, it's funny, the left hand doesn't talk to the right. Um, which put me up further than I was able to yep. stand watch on my own or to have people underneath me up to a cool. 500 ton vessel, um, which equates to sort of like a 50 or 50, 60 meter boat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, did almost a year in Indonesia based on a, uh, on a remote island, um, three hours fast boat ride from Jakarta. Um, and yeah, lived out there. That's where I started getting more into your sort of sea fishing. I had this grand plan. It was called the Thousand Islands. If you Google it, Thousand Islands off Jakarta, it's like it looks like God's country from Google Maps. But the reality of the fact is, there is no regulation. There is no nothing out there. There is more pollution in the water than you could ever imagine. Really? Um, there is. The reefs have been dynamite fished. What? Um, the fish out there. Uh, it's few and far between. They've got really good Spanish mackerel fishing, but they just get the thumping. Everything goes into the mouth. Wow. I mean, it's the yeah, yeah. proper poverty 
You know? yep. Well, it's, I know it's a rough thing to say, but it's the reality of the fact. It's yeah, like, yeah, you don't put it back. They don't put it back, man. Yeah. So um, I got right into GT fishing out there, although I had this grand plan, went and bought PE8 rods. And, you know, the reality of the fact was that I really needed like a PE4 rod and 120 mil gear instead of like 180 or 200 plus. Yeah. Um, got into a few, which was a heap of fun. Quite often I had access to a, a four and a, a six meter tender. And my general daily program would be to go and take the boat out before work because we're living on this island mm -hmm. and the boss would come once a week. Um, take the boat out for a walk, go before work, go and fish the sunrise bite on this reef sort of 15 minutes away, just fishing stick baits and you pick up a few every now and then. It's heaps of fun. And then in the evening, we'd fish off the dock when the big current come through, usually sit there with a treble hook and jag some little <laughs> sardines. Yeah. Put them, on, put them on a hook and pitch it back out into the current. You get the mackerel come through just as yep. the call to prayer comes through on sunset for yep. the, because it's Muslim culture. And, yeah, it's here the, uh, you know, I'm not going to imitate it, but the, 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 call, the, to, call, yeah, the yeah. call to prayer. And yeah, you'd be, like, sitting there waiting, waiting <laughs> for the drag to scream, yeah. And the mackies would tower you up. But the local boys loved it. You know, if you bring in one of these, they were beside themselves. So. Yeah. Yeah, they Good loved imagine. it. It was, it was a lot of fun living out there. So you did that for a year? <clears throat> Yeah, so then from that, I wanted to get back into the guiding, but sort of wanted to go and give after this tropical little vibe. Wanted to get... Um, the, the story. The, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I was just oblivious to it, mate. It goes a bit. Um, so then I wanted to get back into the guiding again, and the idea was to go and guide for Nomad. You know, I wanted to go and do this GT fishing and mother shipping. And, and where are they based? They were based out of Cairns at the time. Well, Mackay, but they, you know, operate up north there. Without much experience in the tropics, you can't really just walk onto a situation like that. Um, I had the, by then the appropriate ticket for Australia, a Coxon um, NC grade one, so 12 metre, um, 14 mile offshore, but within proximity of a mothership, it can then you know take a, a mm -hmm. guided fishing boat and go and mm -hmm. do your thing. Um, sort of didn't get a position with them, but I got offered you, a position. You didn't? No, I didn't. You tried? I tried, yeah, and I just... As a guide. As a guide, but I didn't have the experience that they required, so they said In terms back. of the species. Yeah, and the species and tropics. I'd done my recreational fishing up in up in um, Indo there, in Indonesia. Yeah. But I got offered a position on a 40-foot um, sport fishing boat in Ellie Beach, Sea Fever Sport Fishing. Mm -hmm. uh, um how does that? How does that come? How does that get offered? Like word happen? of mouth, man. Who you, who you know? Hey. So where where were you from Indonesia? Or you're still there? No, I moved from Indo. Back to oh, I I've been conversing. No, no, I went from Indonesia to Early Beach. Just because, or just because I had I had a chip in from this guy. You know, there was a position there on this forty footer. But you got the position before you left Indonesia. Yeah, right, yeah okay. everything's done in advance. Yep. Yeah, and then it, you went there. Yeah, I went to Early. Yeah, how set, long? Set up camp. I was in Early for almost three years. Yeah. And that's where the barra. Yeah, so that comes to the barra. So the, the, the boat that I worked on, we did liveaboard trips, so anything from three to seven nights, and a lot of it was bottom bashing, you know, sort of filling the esky. Um, the skipper who I worked for was a mad keen fisher himself, so we wouldn't just go out there and, and hit the the reds and nannies and trout, you know, around early, early region. The current runs fast, tide picks up, so... There's no point trying to bottom bash when you've got a couple of knots worth of current. Mm -hmm. So we'd up the gear and go trolling for Mackies. Mm -hmm. Go chasing Spanish mackerel, you know, running the outriggers, five rods mm -hmm. in the water, one on the downrigger. It was my job running the deck out the back. Skipper mm -hmm. would be up 10 metres in the tower mm -hmm. and I'd be running around like an octopus trying to keep four guests under control yep. while rigging gar and getting everything set up. Did you learn? Did I you have to learn? Oh, absolutely. You got there yeah, absolutely. Like, he knew that... 
it, it obviously didn't take long to click because you knew no, you had it, a fish, but it's like this species is this, this hook has to be rigged this way. Absolutely, right, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Never done so many Paternoster rigs in your life. If you do it with your eyes closed, I have to do it probably 50 on the way out, rigging up gar. And this is the whole way. we got a two and a half hour run from Airlie out to the reef. Yeah, right. So I'd have to rig up all the gear, do all the do all the leaders, do all the gar, um, prep all the popping rods. So we'd troll for Mackies, for example, and then you'd, you'd put a couple in the boat and everyone mm -hmm. would be a bit green. So then you'd go and tuck around the corner and find some good pressure points. And if the guys were keen, chuck some poppers. If they weren't able themselves, you'd do the old hook and hand. Send a thumper right up over the pressure point and like hand it over midair. They'd click the bail arm and they'd sort of pop it or do whatever you know, hook up. If they weren't able to do that, then you would do the true hook and hand. Yep. Best hook and hand was like a probably a 35 or a 40 kilo um, Maori ras for this like 17 year old girl. Didn't have a clue the, the significance. I got the photo, it's crazy. Like, she wanted in on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I stayed on the rod longer than what I was anticipating because we hooked up this thing, yep, yep, yep. You know, it said it, Jesus, you know, me over the railing on P8, just getting railed. <laughs> I was like, all right, okay, back, back, back. And the <laughs> like, here, no, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And nope. then get her off the bow down the back, pass the rod over to her, and we finally get this thing up. And um, yeah, it was an absolute thumper, yeah, well, yeah. She had no idea what it was. That, no, so that, no. that was like claim to fame, hook and hand. Best, yeah, best hook in hand. That's cool. The coolest part about this gig, being liveaboard, we'd spend 200 days a year out the reef, so it was awesome. Um, we'd go and take the boat and do sort of a two to three month heavy tackle marlin season. So wait, wait. So when you go out for the trips, yeah, you'd have to drive back in, leave the clients in, like bring the clients back. No. We do. We do multi days. Yeah. So, so on the seventh end of the seventh yeah, day yeah. trip, we'd come in. You'd come back in. Yep. Come back in. Yep. Yep. Um, two and then, a half hour run in. Turn the boat around clean him up we might be back out the next day we yeah might... so you come back to, but you, you're on the water you don't get off the water yeah personally. yeah or then yeah and then i'd go home at night because it was just a small boat it's 12 meter boat oh okay yeah so i'd go home and i'd live to shore but i'd be home one two nights a week and then i'd be back out the reef right except for when we did the marlin season yeah what happened there live aboard the whole time for the season yeah for the duration season so we, how do you get clients we do turnaround Boats. trips no no yeah. so we we'd pick up you and the mates, for example, in at Cairns or Cooktown, we'd go yep. out to the reef, um, do the marlin fishing trip, you know, two, three, four, however many days. Turn around, come back in, drop you off in the afternoon. So, refuel, reprovision, do the laundry, pick up the clients the next day, and we'd be back out again. Because it's so short. Because it's like so short. Booked, like... Yeah, booked in unison, one after the other after the other. And days that you're sitting alongside, you're paying for for mooring fees to be alongside and you're not actually fishing, you know, you're not making mm -hmm. money. So you try and book them in one after the other. How long did you do this for? Three years? Yeah, did three, did two seasons on that boat um, and then did another season on a, on a 50, 54 footer. Yeah. And that was, Surely that was like that was just like the wildest, the wildest thing. I went from six pound leader to, to chasing trout and brim to, Wrapping my hand around seven hundred pound whippersnipper cable and getting ragdolled and across the back of the boat. Living on the water. Living on the water. Like it's literally there's no. No, that's it. Not like no it's right. nine o'clock. Let's go to work. Let's oh, God, come no. home. No, no, it's let's huge have days. A weekend. No, it's somewhere between twelve and sixteen hour days. You know, your day starts wow. before the guests getting up, getting all the gear. So if you did that, how did how did the barra happen in those three years? So when I, when we'd have off time. There was, was a windy there season. Time? Yeah, yeah. There was quite a few downtimes in amongst it. So I bought myself a tinny while I was up there, living in Early Beach, Proserpine Lake or Lake Proserpine or Faust. 
yeah. half an hour away um, and got fishing with a good mate of mine, Matty Skulls, and we, um, yeah, we just used to go out there and get, he got me right into it and it was, man, it was an obsession, hey, it was so much fun chasing, and that, Prosse is a really good dam, is a really good surface fishing opportunity, sight mm -hmm. fishing for him. Do you do that? Oh, heaps. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's so much fun, man. Pitching unweighted plastics on just a single rigged hook. Yeah. Maddie like really honed in the skills for it. I did a lot of camera work for him for his for his own personal YouTube and yeah. some of the footage that we're able to get of just like these close, we call them the zoomies, you know, like super, super, super tight footage you know it's just the plastic in screen and you're just watching this barra coming up behind it hounding 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 and then just like huge boof on it you know and then cartwheeling yeah. and that's had a blast so i'd fish by myself when i had the chance or so go out with maddie and there's a couple other mates so if you were on the boat the big boat 200 days of the year yep how many days do you actually get out to the barra or it was like a dedicated month while it was windy you were out there four times a week and then you didn't go there for months yeah that was it like whenever i had a break if i had any more than sometimes we get like a, a four day window between trips might be two or three so i'd yeah, get home sure. do the yeah because it was just up the road i'd usually go and camp up there and there was there was you know no fluctuation in water nice beautiful grassy banks you just pull yeah. the tinny up and um yeah, just just fish hard for so a couple of days. So when you came home, you didn't actually go home. You I went up the dam. Went to the dam. Yeah, went, went and set up the rooftop tent and went, went put the Taj Mahal on the side of the lake and, yep. and went fishing. Yeah. Wow. So how long how, how long ago was that? Um, that'd be going back. I've been here almost three years now, so it'd be going back. You went from there to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you didn't go to NT. You went to well, Queensland. I did. So in amongst that, I was freelance guiding for a liveaboard mothership up in the NT for their charter fishing season. When was season. that, in those three years? In those three years. You did short things. Yeah. How many times did you go there? Uh, I do it annually. So I did that trip with um, that mothership sh uh, trip called Phoenix One. I did um, a month and a half up there with them the first year. And then that operation fell by the wayside. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, something happened in the family and they realised it was sort of hemorrhaging money and they got rid of it. And yep. Yeah, so then we jumped back in um, on another operation, um, another company that I ended up guiding for uh, a little bit later down the line. Um, in the fly fishing sense, when I moved back down here, they also had uh, another operation that was starting up there. And You've been back since you've been here to guide up there, haven't you? Yeah, twice. Yeah, so For the last that. two years, so I went... I didn't go last. No, I did go last year, but I came back, and then I went the year prior to that. And what do you, what do you, why do you go for just a short time? What they need someone in a busy period. Yeah, or, yeah. So for the, do they want you for longer, or it's the, they only need you for one week? Generally speaking, so once I finished up in Early Beach, I moved down here to work as a guide on the river on the Tumut, uh, rowing a drift boat, and up in the high country chasing trout, fly fishing. Um, and the trout season would conflict with the dry season, sort of the window. Mm -hmm. So I'd usually fish until the end of the trout season, which was first of all, first weekend in June. Mm -hmm. And then from there, pretty much as soon as the trout season closed, I'd have a, a ticket booked for me. I'd drive straight up to Sydney, drop the car off, jump on a plane, straight up to Gove, Nullanboy, straight from the airport onto the boat, stuck in it already again. For how long? I did a month the first stint. And then did three weeks, I think, the second. Right. Yeah, so three, three trips. So four trips and then three trips. 
And is that because they needed someone? Yeah, they needed someone. Who did they have the week prior while you were here? Or they just can't book as many people? Well, they just they just needed to fill the gaps. I think I did the beginning of the season, they'd found some fill-ins and like they had a couple of other sort of freelancers that could fill the gaps. Yeah. Not everyone's available to yeah. particulars. Um, that was a really cool experience out there in itself. Hey. What were you chasing? Uh, generally speaking, fly fishing... It was a fly fishing charter, the target species permit, blue bastards. Like oh, a, a you went up, up. Yeah. Up, up, yeah, in Nullumboy. Like as, as far, so it's on the western side of the Gulf. Yeah. So you've got Cape York on the right, and then yep. you've got Gove, Nullumboy on the left, Groot okay. Island downside. Yeah, and we just were like right up the top. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good fun. Crocs, sharks, infinite amount, scary stuff. Very different to early. Chalk. Totally different. Yeah, yeah, completely different. Stinking hot. That's one. From thing where we are same. here, it's like so far away, man. It's like oh, it's all <laughs> up there. But I know that the, the the country and the fishing over in the NT where you're talking about is yeah. completely different to the east coast. Yeah. Of Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wild place to be. So, and we were doing a mothership trip, so we'd travel overnight. We'd be sort of 150 nautical miles away from land, up on this archipelago, this island chain. Yeah. The Wessel Islands, and um, look, it was it was a Gold, gold star sort of guided um, adventure. You know, people are paying big money to be out there. Mm. Um, anticipation, or so more so like expectation versus ability, is one that's always been a really difficult thing to manage. And they're um, casting into yep. wind, fly fishing with a heavy crab um, when you need to be deadly accurate yep. um, is a very difficult thing to do at the best of times as a competent caster. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was a really difficult one to negotiate. Thankfully, blue bastards or these these moong are relatively easy. But in between, man, there's like infinite. Are they really? They're not that hard. Relatively easy. You can tee a bag one off the side of the boat. You can sit there and cast at they it ten times. They won't speak the boat. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, no. It depends on how many times they've been hit through the season. Right, but they're not. Yeah, right. Not permit. Permit, man. You 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 yeah, fart. Not, you yeah. fart at hundred foot away, and they're like gone. Yeah, Bang. yeah, gone. Yeah, they're a tricky one. You're going to have a sip. You're going to have a sip. I will, I will. They keep on, they keep on making So that's um, an intense It's very, very journey. full on, full on schedule, yeah. And it wouldn't change it, I think? No, not at all. There's definitely been a few regrets in amongst it, but hey man, I've been, I've been, I look back and think what I have and haven't, um, would I change it? No, not at all. Hey, that's, like, what's well, a good way to look at it? Absolutely, yeah. life's been rich with memories. I've been, Holy I've been moly. super lucky to be paid to go and you know to work and do these sorts of things. Of like uh, traveling per se on my own, steam to go do the backpacking experience. I haven't really done it, but hey, I mean, I lived in Europe and was paid to be over there. It was mm-hmm. great. I got paid to be in Indonesia and work and experience the culture and be there. That's what I mean. You've experienced so many yeah. things. You've gone from where? You, where was the first one again? In so Europe. Europe, yeah. yeah so I- Italy, south south of France and Italy. Yeah, yeah. So you were there, so very different to then Indonesia. Indonesia, yeah. And then you went to Italy. Yeah. A little yep. bit in the NT. Yeah. Well, let's not miss out too. So not last season, but the season before. So I did my guided. So I moved down here to Germany. That's, yeah, well, that's the next story. Yeah. So so why did you go? Oh, minute, I'll let you go. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, no, no. no. So, so, yeah, so I moved down here. I got offered a job to come and row the drift boat. And you got offered a job. You were still working on this second boat out of Airlie. Yeah, yeah. Why? Who, how'd the offer just come? Did you know someone? Yeah, or? knew knew someone with, with a company that um, 
um, quite a big fly fishing company and um, yeah we had a really good relationship and and um, sort of just got put out there hey would you like to come down and, and row a drift boat and, and I'd been told from a very dear friend of mine that um, you know I was always the happiest when I was chasing trout really yeah 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 something about it so did you can you go think back to what was the boat called where what were you doing the boat that you're on the second uh, boat it, up there the the second boat uh, so the the one up in Airlie was yep. um, Sea Fever Sport Fishing. Yep. Yeah. So you're working on it. Yeah. Did you go, I'm ready for something different? Or yeah. you were just like, oh, this is where I am at the minute. Yeah. Like, I'm just tracking yeah. along. Well, it actually, actually missing a part there. It actually left that boat. And I took another guiding gig up in Port Douglas for another company. Right. Um, so I was skippering. For not long. Yeah, not long. I was only there. I lasted him two, two and a bit, nearly three months in Port Douglas, um, skippering a... Uh, 20, it was like an 18 foot fiberglass and they also had a 32 foot, um, I can't remember what the name of it was, Apso Andros, like big dirty centre console, twin 300s on the back, put the sticks down doing sort of like 48 knots, ride through anything, man. Yeah, right. He put it down and held on. You're watching your fuel consumption go to like 120 gallons an hour, like just sucking it down. Yeah. But there the wheels fell off really quickly with that. Um, oh, so the offer came around in that right time. time. Yeah, 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 it was in that time. Did you ever want to go back to trout? Yeah, I never thought uh, you'd go. You've been in all these hot places and now back to where very similar to where you were born. It's 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 sort of it's it's comforting for me. I like as you know. Look, don't get me wrong. They're not exactly the world's greatest fighters, you know, considering their size. But there's something about the technicality of chasing a trout, be it in a river or a stream or a river or a lake. Uh, Insect-driven stuff. You've really got to break it down and apart. You know what are they eating? How are they eating it? You know, do they want it fast? Do they want it slow? Do they want it natural? You know, there's more there than there is in your Indonesia early and it was. It was for me. It was like it was comforting. It was home. I liked it. I like right. the scenery, man. Like you, yeah, it's good. Eh? It's How good's good, that view? It's man. If you can't beat like fly fishing, trout fishing, it never takes you to an ugly place. No, there's fishing really in general. I mean, you could go. Yeah chasing carp, which are going chasing like urban mundies around the backwaters of Cairns, and that's pretty grotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. get some fish, but like it's pretty yeah. grotty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you ended up back and where you are now on the trout. Yeah, chair. yep. Um, and oh, so in amongst that too, one of the winters, so the mothership that we worked on, they actually did a commercial Spanish mackerel fishing season. So I got, I'd got in the ear about it, and I thought, like, it'd be really cool, um, I don't have anything to do over winter, the guiding season. When was this? Season. Oh, so you were already here? Yeah, I was already here. Yep. So I'd first made, year. yeah, so we went up there for a reconnaissance trip with the boat when I first joined the company. Went up there for a week long trip before the guests came on board and we got to fish the flats, which I'd been fishing or been guiding for a little bit. Fantastic opportunity. Got to hammer a heap of permit, which is great to go through and do this area without guests. Fantastic. Um, and I said to the guys, I'd like to come and work with you over winter. So I actually jumped in and did a commercial Spanish mackerel fishing season. So I lived on board that boat for nearly four months over the duration of winter. In 2020? Yeah, yeah, in 2020. I could probably confirm it for just you. Just before COVID? Just before COVID. Well, while COVID was going on. Because COVID started in May. Yeah. And you guys could still do what you were doing? Up yeah. There? Up yeah. there, probably, yeah. 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 How long? Four months? Yeah, four months. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've missed another part of this story as well, Reese. Do you want it? We're going to go back to it. Yeah, go back. Uh, yeah, so rewind a little bit. So everyone listening, we are going to get on to 
Yeah, I don't even know if we're going to get onto that topic now. We might have to do a follow-up in a couple of weeks. Anyway, keep going. We'll get it. No, it's just, I knew it was going to go down this line. There's so much to say. Huh? Well, after every episode we do, I always do the who is yeah. this person we're interviewing. And Jimmy I've had Barlick. a few on uh, repeats and yeah. we just chat away. And I feel like we will because, funnily enough, you live just where I live. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's why we're doing this one in person. Yeah. So I feel like we'll do more where we talk about COD, how they behave, all sorts of different things. Mm. Um, the discussion's going to be epic. And the discussion on this COD journey for you... We will get to the COD journey. We'll Let's go, should we just go to the COD journey? No, no, no. Tell us this other one because this is a crazy awesome story. <laughs> so in amongst, in amongst living up in Early and doing the charter season out on the reef, yep. the freelance guiding up in Arnhem Land, I also did a freelance gig on board another super yacht that was traveling the world. They are on a world tour. So I'd do a two-month gig at the beginning of each year. That's not fishing? No, no. That was just driving tenders. There was fishing involved in it. So over the course of the three years that I was there, I did three separate tours. The first tour was over the duration of two months. We did it one month in Solomon Islands and then one month in Papua New Guinea. So then I'd come back, back onto the charter boat in Airlie, go through that. Oh, this was while you were at Airlie? Yeah. yeah. Next year, got the luxury of traveling through Thailand and Myanmar, which was really cool back into early, go through the process again. The next year, got the golden ticket, the, the, the absolute bee's knees. It just happened to line up? Yeah, it just, it just lined up. I had a really good relationship with the captain and the crew was fantastic. It was a 55 meter super yacht. It was a support vessel for a 46 meter boat. It was set up as a floating garage. It had two Trident submarines that you can go down a thousand meters in. It had a, um, it had a 42 foot, Go fast boat, which I used to skip, uh, like center console, which would be craned onto the back deck, had triple 300s on the back, triple 350s. Uh, fastest I ever wound that out to was 58 knots by myself, and that is white knuckle scary fast. Like, yeah, yeah. Ridiculously yeah, you fast. You can have that. Um, amphibious landing craft with four wheel drive legs that prop down, full jet ski dock. So we would pretty much get to the spot. The boss wants the go fast boat. He wants it ready for diving first. And then Jimmy, you're going to take him onto the outside and go and do some jigging. So these are clients anyone can go pay for Pri- this? Privately owned, man. Yeah. Wait, wait, this, yeah, but they pay. No, privately oh, owned. Private. Privately owned. So what is it? One bloke. Bull. No joke. Yeah. yeah. He's the one that traveled the world. Yeah, well, the boat did. He'd just come in every six weeks. Once every six weeks, he'd come to and hang do, out. Yeah, he'd come and in. who else was on it for the rest of the time? Some, oh, we, the crew. Yeah. So he's paying you guys while he's doing whatever else, working or wherever, and then he comes back for six weeks and his boat's ready to go. You're and in a new kidding. location. You're joking. No joking. So he didn't have friends on? No. Oh, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes he'd have but his not, friends. But not, not like half the time it was empty with you guys. Oh, yeah. Because well, we had no guests Probably on our boat. Own. That is crazy. He would be on his 46 metre luxury and we'd be on the 55, which was set up just as a work boat. What so do you mean work? We were just like, we were like, a, like literally, a, it was like a big Tetris, like a floating garage. Or no, no guest areas, no luxuries, like nice, modest. Yeah, yeah, it was a, so it had all the toys. Yeah, we just had the toys. <laughs> and that's the one you were on. Yeah, that's the one we were on. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. So when he says, oh, we want to go do whatever, the submarine yeah. stuff, yeah. you'd have to just get it ready. We, we'd get all this, we'd have, so we'd have a 12-person permanent crew and then we'd go up to 22 when the guests came on board. He's paying yeah. 12 and 22 people just to look after him each and his the, stuff. Each one of these subs is worth 10 mil each. <laughs> 10 mil each. Yeah, it's an unforeseen wealth. It's hard yes. to fathom, but it's unforeseen. So on the last tour, we got to go from the north to south of the Maldives, and we did it as a crew trip over the course of sort of three weeks. And we stopped through every single atoll and did a 
planned trip looking at dive sites, looking at, at anchorages, put a track in pretty much the whole way down. Mm -hmm. I pretty much got to drive the go fast boat between spots. We had this ocean mapping sonar. Makes, it makes LiveScope look like a kid's toy. No Kitty? joke. Oh, mate, you get, I'll show you the video of it after. You, we, we were mapping underwater volcanoes with it. In, just for in, fun. Just for fun in Papua New Guinea. Like literally <laughs> like mapping the sea floor. Just for fun. A unit, the transducer, right, on the big boat cost 80 grand. You're yeah. kidding. Yeah, and it hooks up via Wi-Fi connection. So they had on the Go Fast boat, they had a, a $35,000 transducer. So I could go up and do swath, map the ocean floor like you see map. I'd come back in within a couple hundred meters of the boat. I'd transfer the data to them so they could get a picture. And then they could run straight through the keyhole of a reef without having to go and line it up and go, oh, shit. Because in navigational charts, is like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're, yeah. Just, you're flying blind. So we would yeah. go in map the area, see if there's any ooglies. For old mate. Run back, doing 50 knots, that flat stick back to the boat, sit off the bow, go through the process, you know, yeah, all right, boys, you're done. Put the sticks down. We'd have the jigging rods on board. Go and sit on the outside of the pass, sit there and try and jig a few doggies. While you're waiting for Yeah, them. while the big boat comes back through again. They'd get in, cool. We'd rip back onto the inside of the adult, attach back up to the toe, you know, kick it all off, off we go. Yeah, back up to the bridge and wait till you go out the other side. Wild stuff. Man. Wow, what a story. Yeah. I knew you'd been around, but <laughs> to hear it all stepped out, because usually yeah. when I catch up with fishing, so there's no time for a story true, like true. that. True, true. We usually head down in the screen. Holy dooly. So, yeah, so that's that's re that's rewinding a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then to there and then to Tumut. Yeah. So back in Tumut, yeah. And uh, three years? Coming up to, yep. And yep. not guiding anymore? Not guiding in a full-time, no, no, not in a full-time capacity. Yeah, just yeah. Doing, doing a little bit here and there now. Back um, to retail. Back to retail, You're yeah. Enjoying it too. Mate, I'm loving it. Hey. Yeah. I've never had, well, in recent years, so much time to fish. Yes, um, is that what you're enjoying? Mate, loving it. I mean, you 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 get my phone calls more often than not, Reese. You, 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 yeah, I've, no. I've been in your ear that much about this whole journey. Yeah. Um, and hey, like... New things, it's something I love, uh, you know, love the prospect of learning GTs and that. Marlin fishing, when that came along, the tit, tits deep into it, loved it, you know. Barra fishing, loved it, you know, obsess over it. I guess that's what fishing is, you is, know. Yep. And then the latest one, because trout fishing is trout fishing, no matter where I've been across the world, the water There's is still trout. Water is water, it does the same thing around a rock. The thing that's different is the, the seasonal variations of food. And the food, you know, yeah. Yep. What, the, what they're eating at a particular time. Do they behave very similar <clears throat> once if the food's the same or it's the same type of food, exactly. a trout's a trout, yeah. but a trout there can eat that and in the next creek it won't because of the food. Yes. You, you, you can mirror the same situation and if it's got the right tucker and the right setup around the side of a rock or seam line, they'll behave. The rise form, different yep. stages of the life will go exactly the same way. It's just how, what they're eating on that river. If you were to go in blind, you know, you might be able to read what's hard in Italy because you got to translate everything. They call, they call things funny names. Yeah, yeah. My Italian was a little bit... It was okay. We made for some great conversations when I was out there. They, they knew you were Aussie. Everyone absolutely. Knew you were Aussie. Yeah, it's the first thing to say. Mi dispiace, non parla italiano. You know, ah, oh, you know, where are you from? I'm from Australia. What are you doing here? <laughs> Come, pesca mosca, you know, fly fishing. Yeah, they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, from Tasmania, actually. What a Tasmanian devil, you know? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny, which, which is great because you have to, I'd have hand conversations, you know, like yep. broken conversations with people at a, at a bar, at a, at a restaurant and, and 
they can't speak English and I can't speak Italian, but we're having a conversation and <laughs> yeah, you've like all of a sudden you're chatting with one person and then you look around, there's sort of half a dozen around you and like, you know, why are you here? I'm just coming fishing, you know, like yeah, book some modest accommodation and just get out and do it. Loved it. So what made you do this whole adventure? I, I, I don't know, man. It's just... Well, where did that come from? It, it just... it just Obviously, there's not enough to do in Tassie. It's heaps, man. There's so oh, much I'm to kidding. do down there. I'm kidding. But I don't know. It just sort of happened, hey? What was the first one? Um, Europe. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can Cleaning. count... If you, if you can count... Well, yeah. It's glorified cleaning, per se. But that was much. the first um, um, on adventure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you could say you're doing ski seasons from Hossam. Oh, yeah. Living out. Yeah, that was your first taste yeah, of it. Yeah, getting away from... So, were you scared when you shot off to Indonesia? Oh, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Were you nervous about going or no? Yeah, it was, I mean, from as so, a twenty-three-year-old. So, oh, that was yeah. So, um, Europe, Europe, Europe sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, man. Like, sorry, Europe. Geez, yeah. I, I packed up my life into a suitcase. I had a girlfriend at the time, which that didn't last too long after. Well, no, where was she, Tassie? Yeah, down in Tassie. Yeah, shut off and sorry, sorry, Finn. Um, yeah, no, uh, that was yeah, that went the way it did. But um, surely you're nervous. Like that's just oh. Man, the unknown. I'd had life packed into a suitcase. I had a couple of fly rods and I didn't really know what I was going for. So coming up in the next few episodes of the podcast, we were going to do a whole, where did this all start? Like what I'm doing. And yeah. I feel like it's not even going to be able to follow up after that story. I don't think we've gone for 48 minutes on the first question of the entire thing. You did say you've done a podcast once before. And it which, went for three hours. And it was that story? It it. There was a lot that went into it, yeah. That yeah. Was the they, 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 they were diving in, yeah. That was that was. If we clocked forty eight, then that's good. That's brief. Yeah. Well, mate, what a story. Yeah. In the Tumut, uh, in the at Tumut, uh, yep. on the river chasing yep. trout. Um, do you have a? Is, is this it? This is the Tumut's home for for, for now. For now, yeah. There's yeah. no. Want to go this place? Want to go there? You're actually entering a different stage, aren't you? Yeah, totally. Hey, I mean, I'm 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 a few years down the line from you, Reese, and uh, yeah, yeah, look, I've I've had a lot of fun. I've seen a lot of things. Yeah, um, still so much more, so much more. Um, yeah, but I'm getting to the age now where I'm sick and tired of being a gypsy. That's actually, you are actually tired of it. Yeah, I was sick and tired. Sick and tired of living out of a suitcase, which actually took me to you know buying another boat and not going away for the winter and guiding the season, and getting into chasing them big green monsters. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, all right. So you got here in twenty twenty. Yep. You said you did two years on the trout and leaving. Yep. And coming back. Yep. What changed? For this whole cod situation. Well, in amongst, Where did that... in amongst in amongst wanting to not going to be a gypsy anymore, I actually met a fantastic lady, and I could see that going further into the future, and it would have put a lot of stress in a critical time to go away again. So, I made a really smart decision and decided that you know I was going to stay put and I was going to last winter. Yeah, it's going to put some some solid time into getting to know the girl better. Um, this was in May. Yeah, it was literally in May. Yeah, yeah, that's when it all started kicking off. Yeah, and then I had it in my mind because I sold my boat before I moved down here. Wish I had kept the electric motor, but anyway, that's yeah, a, that's, a, that, that's a whole another regret. Yeah, um, that's regret probably number three in life. What were um, the other two? Terrible tattoo. Terrible, yeah. terrible tattoo. Um, one that I'd probably better not say on the podcast, and yep. then yeah, selling selling the boat with the electric. Wait, wait, motor. what was number 
Well, you got two terrible tattoos and a no, one one terrible tattoo, one that I can't really say. Oh, on the one podcast. you can't yeah, say can't, on its, its own. Probably, it's, it's probably yeah. It's right. It sits on its own. Yeah, it sits on yeah. its own. And then number three was getting rid of that tarover off the off the front, kicking myself. So anyway, you sold the boat. Sold the boat. But then in May, I had I had the itch. I'd heard about this famed. Uh, Blowering Dam and, and the Murray Cod, and it sort of throughout the few years that I've been here, I hadn't hadn't really crossed my bridge. Uh, guiding, no, like guiding five or six days a week. You know, I didn't have the time just to scratch myself, let alone. You go knew for what a, a cod fish. was. I knew what a cod was. I'd seen well, pictures of it and never yeah. caught one. You knew what a cod was from when you were in Tassie, even. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But you knew they were something you caught up in yeah, Vic and New South. You hear about Murray Cod, you see. Yeah. The, the the stereotypical brown rivers, you know, throwing mm-hmm. spinnerbaits, um, mm-hmm. snag bashing, which is something that I really enjoy doing with Barra, you know, fishing, be it estuaries or, mm-hmm. or that technicalities of casting. and those, It's, it's, awesome. it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It keeps you honest, hey? Yeah. Um, so I had this little this little sort of inkling, you know, little seed started growing and I thought, I'm going to get myself, wouldn't mind looking into another boat, you know? And it just so happened to be at, at the right time a nice little tinny popped up, you know, a modest little four-meter Stessel Edge tractor, a tracker, um, the little boat that could, and uh, she checked out to be great. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this drop of a hat, checked it out, you know, never buy a boat. So you could chase cod. So I could chase because cod. you had nothing else to do except for lake trout and that, yeah, no, no one wants to go and do that in winter. No, no. So I was going to guide for the last stint, and I I did. A couple of weeks up in the Wessels, and I purchased the boat literally the day before I went in mm-hmm. the dark, and then That's came. Right, it yeah. came back a couple of days later. Had an absolute bugger of a time with that, um, towing it back home. Yep. Um, tired, delaminated, doing 110, ripped the mud guard in about 10 minutes out. Just from after gold. you picked it up. Catastrophic failure in the rain. Yeah, Lovely. not not a not a good <laughs> thing. I was sitting there scratching myself, going, "What the." What the, anyway, so yeah, had this had this inkling in my mind. Going to get into this cod. Going to give it a crack over winter. And, and you'd caught you'd caught one or two little ones before with Norny. I'd caught no without Norny. I'd caught one by myself on the Upper Murray around. Um, Since Tint, you moved. Yeah, Tintowdra. I did a road trip over um, one of the Christmases. Just did an eight day roadie. Packed up the car. Put a kayak on the roof. Yep. Vowed that I would never ever ever fish out of a kayak in a fast flowing river again. It was the sketchiest, especially after rowing a drift boat for a couple of years. The sketchiest thing, you know, on the outside of the bends, not where you really want to be, moving too fast, end up drifting backwards, can't see what you're doing, <laughs> trying to fly fish. Yeah. And I was just like, this is this sucks, this sucks. And then anyway, I managed to find a backboard and I put a cast up and it donk, it went tight. And I was like, yeah, I got it, towed the boat. And she came up quicker than what I anticipated. Yeah. Never stuck a fish in the net so fast in my life. Yeah, no. Nice. <laughs> Straight in there and yeah, got my first little cod. It probably that would have been a that summer before? Yeah, summer before. Yeah, okay, cool. So that, that that got the you know, I'd heard of this cod fishing and I was like, snag bashing, this is fun. On the fly also too, you know, I was like, this is cool, I'm gonna give this a go. Before we move into the conversation we continue with the cod stuff, because I thought of it once and I forgot and I've just remembered again. You started with fly with your old man, yeah. he's ingrained in you. You disappeared in clean boats, you went to Indonesia, you went everywhere, and I imagine most of that was not fly except for up in the NT a little bit. Yeah, NT, and also in Early Beach, our flats fishing around there, chasing. Just fly? Yeah, tuskies, um, up at Faust, Proserpine, chasing barra on the fly. Convention was heaps more, like heaps more convenient and, and probably productive in the sense. Some of the sight fishing opportunities would definitely hit them on the fly. There was a particular day I remember, remember 
getting a couple of fish and one in particular got on like a I don't know if you've heard of six cents they were hollow body it's really good sort of bar yep. nice nice roll in it yeah brought it in it regurgitated a bunch of bony brim yeah oh geez i can i've got a fly just like this and ended up sort of matching the hatch so to say yeah going along the bank sight fishing boom first fish i put to it man just not even a question asked Off on the, what fish on, on a barrel on barrel yeah right. it was like, yeah, like yeah, a 110 yeah. on the fly first one on the fly well not one of the first but it's a good one on the fly yeah well, yeah. sight fishing just you watch him react to it you put it just off his nose bring it past bring it past he sees it and just suck it in whack you know cartwheel 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 all the rest yeah of it. so what is so if you've done probably more in recent years you've done a stack of five with the trout heaps because you came before coming back to do this though mm. i i you do both right yes absolutely but yeah. you are at in, heart at heart at heart, fly. Mate, at heart is fly fishing so why did well, how did it, did it just stay because the old man did it because you've gone around and bottom bashed and chased mackerel done all this done so much that's not fly yeah how come it's back it's just in you well it's it's in me it's like it's a thing. I, I really like the, the, they say it's poetry in motion and hey, look, if you've got a decent cast on it, it can be savvy, but just like the technicalities of casting a fly rod, you know, not taking anything away from spin whatsoever, because I've seen you cast a spin rod in the river. Um, phenomenal accuracy, like things that I would like to aspire to you, be. You get it. Yeah, but, but it's, it's fantastic, man. You look and you see and you, mate, you are, you are deep in there where I have a crack at it and I'm like, not there, not there, not there. And in turn, you wowed me like seven to one on yes. the river. And that was that was sheerly from getting it up in there. Yes. Yeah. And then you flip it with the fly. I can cast a lot straighter on the live scope oh. than what I can on the on spin rod. <laughs> yeah, with your fly. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it was, it's just you're just saying it comes from your old man. Yeah, back in it comes in. That's, that's where it started. Just had this, this romantic thing for it. But I'm, I'm totally for using the most appropriate tool for the job. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm not going to be one of the people who sits there on their high horse and goes, "Oh, I only throw dry flies for trout." You know, <laughs> you know, I only throw dry flies. Look, I could have started my cod journey that we haven't got into. I could have started off on the fly, and I could have struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled. Yeah, it's not the way to do it. Deadly cold, freezing cold hands, limited cast, pitch black dark. It would have been kicking myself, but I knew that's how I learned barra. You know why not use the appropriate tool you know i can make long distance cast dead slow rollers. appropriate tool by bait caster you mean? by bait yeah. caster yeah, yeah you know fishing overhead you know big gear yeah so yeah before we get ahead of ourselves you jumped you got the boat mate what happened you were just like i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna immerse myself in this cod fishing i need so what'd you know about them what two bits of bugger all Yep. You, so you, you didn't. You didn't know. Didn't know. But what I did you know? didn't. I didn't. I knew that spinnerbaits. I knew and... spinnerbaits and that. But as I'm doing the research and reading, all right. So the winter cod, you know, like you see, they're eating big, big lures. That's what people are chucking huge swim baits in winter. You know, in winter, you read that. Yeah, you read it. You know, it doesn't take much in a Google search, or you see in social media. There's a few, few um, big names that are getting around. One of the main catalysts, I remember seeing Lubin Pfeiffer fishing tremors. And just watching him getting blow-ups and just thinking to himself, I've got to do this. Hey, I've got to get one of these things to just cartwheel over the top. The sound, boof. Yep. Boof. So this all happened last May, this yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is start going in. 
Good mate of mine, James Norn, he actually put on that you should get in touch with, have a look at this guy, Social Fishing, Reese Creed. He's got a website, you know, go and check it out. Is that how he said, is that what he yeah, said? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He said, go and check it out. And I went, oh, cool. So Did he tell you that I knew him? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He said he'd done some stuff with him on the rivers and, and did some cod fishing on the, on the, on the dam. And he told you I was here. He told you he was here, and I was like, I'd never heard of this bloke before. But I didn't know anything about cod fishing, so. Yeah. So I went down the rabbit hole and um, got myself a subscription. I remember the first message, it was, hey, my mate Jimmy yeah. goes, oh, you're the man to talk to, what do I do? Can you, you just said, what do I do? I'll find it while we're talking. Yeah. You said, do I, do I want the complete guide or do yes. I want... You didn't just go, hey, how do I catch cod? What do I use? What do I are you like? Yeah. Well, he's offering something. Yeah. Do I get this? I was like, no, nah, the membership's what you because you told yeah. me what your goal was. Yeah, absolutely. And I said, sign up, and we're here to help. And yeah. That's just yeah. help we did. What's that developed <laughs> I think into? You abused, hey? I think you abused the help. I did, mate. I definitely in the beginning phases of that, especially trying to get that live scope sorted out. That was yeah. I did abuse the help, and I appreciate the gesture, Reese. Thank you very much. That's no problem. Yep. And then yeah, so then. You hadn't, no, you'd done a session. Had you done a session before? Before we caught up. Before you signed up? Had you done that first session or no? No, no, I wouldn't have because I, because I wanted to immerse myself and go through the reading and try and figure out. That's how I got hold of like, um, oh God, if I try and, is it like, I'm going to say, I was going to say feedback, but I'm trying to think of the numbers that you've got set up in the in the in the um oh yeah in the mapping you know zone are, zone yeah area one area two area yeah, area, yeah 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 i should i should know it by now i've poured over it so much you're talking about the sf maps yeah absolutely the sf maps yeah, yeah absolutely i mean that that tool in itself i mean i'm sure everyone that's listening will know it know it like full and, full and through it's it's such a valuable tool to go through especially for someone green as it gets not to fishing but to a complete new species and way so what'd you do you you you, you were I in went, the blaring map oh yeah man I was, I was in it because because like i was i had a small boat that doesn't have very good seaworthy capabilities in the sense it's as flat as a pancake yeah um so i had to be mindful of where i was going to be one of the things that i noticed about blaring is that the, quite often when i was driving past it it was a relatively flat lake, except yep. for when it got a bit of venom up from it from the south. Yeah. And then it absolutely went to turd. Um, I thought, well, I'm going to focus on the, I'm going to call it the bottom end of the lake because it's the most relevant to me, but it's actually probably the top end of it. Or, no, wait on. Damn wall end. Yeah, the bottom, yeah. Yeah. Um, half decent boat launch, uh, plenty of opportunities, a lot of different structure to go around. I thought, well, this is where I'm going to immerse myself. Also, too, the thought of driving past Kangaroo Alley <laughs> for 15 minutes more is that what you call it? is that what you've named it Man. what are you the ranger station oh yeah that area is it's just, the whole lot it's the whole the lot. lot the whole as soon as you come up over the hill and go down to blaring it's like wombats at the top and then it's just kangas the whole way through and it is like i've been told people used to say that the road into copeton was bad i've driven a fair bit of this country that is the worst up, the, up there, man. It's out of control. It's the yeah. worst stretch yeah. because blaring's really unique. Hey, how you got just like this sloping green? Yeah, beautiful verge slow sloping hills down to the water's edge yeah. and you drive literally along the edge of it the entire way <laughs> yeah so just... which was just like transects between grazing pastoral land for the ruse and like water yeah yeah and they come down <laughs> and they go back up and they're on that road and they are, they are big boys even the big boys that have been bowled over by the trucks like you, i wouldn't be i wouldn't be we wouldn't put the four wheelie over the top of one. Mm. No way. Mm, Especially not with the boat trailer. No. Nah. Rip the axle clean out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you've gone 
That's right. So you you joined and then you researched yep. and then you had amazing success straight up. Yeah, yeah. Like my first session, maiden voyage on the dam. So I went. I I I totally put the fly by the wayside and I went. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I think I gave myself three or three hundred dollars and I bought some lures, which pretty much equated to like four lures mm-hmm. um, BY9 inch that worked for me straight off the bat and a couple other plastics which I didn't work to be fair I've rigged them up and I've never got them to swim straight and they've stayed where they are yeah um, I got myself a gantrel mm-hmm. yeah and I just got out there and I took what I'd known from reading the site and and getting an understanding on on the Cod. locales of what to do and sort of familiarizing I went well I don't have, I had no, no sounding equipment in the boat at all. Literally mm-hmm. had the very basic like hook. It would have been three and a half inch if it's even a thing. Like the, the, the bottom tier of anything. It told me how deep it was if that was actually accurate. Yep. I think, what am I going to do? What would I do normally anyway? I'm going to hit a shoreline. I'm going to put the electric on. It kind of felt like Barra. Yeah, and I'm just going to, su- I'm going to search. Hey, I'm, I know that I could see that blowering is pretty much on a 45, especially with high water. And they're going to probably be, from what I've heard, they're going to be in the shallows. And it's going to drop off fast. So I'm going to cast up into the shallows. I'm going to roll it slowly. And then I'm going to sort of count it down and fish it slow the whole way back out. Because what I'd read was a sort of slow, dead slow roll. So that was a relatively easy game to follow in the sense. Long cast. Yep. Slow roll. Cover water. Yep. Cover water, cover water, try and figure out some degree of a pattern. And a month prior, you really had no idea? No idea. Yeah. So first day out maiden voyage, I managed to put a 65 on the boat, which I couldn't believe it. I'd been rolling, I'd been... It was in the Arvo too, It was in the it? Arvo, yeah. It was, yep. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was 3.30 in the afternoon. That's good. The yeah. sun had just started to drop behind the hill, and it was 3.30 in the afternoon. And for those listening, which most of you would know, Blowering is not the easiest lake to fish and possibly ranked as one of the toughest places to fish and it's probably one of the only lakes you've actually chased them in so it's, it's the only lake you've chased learnt them in. in the toughest lake going it, it, i'm a it's up for argument if anyone wants to argue with me feel free cope yeah. and maybe on par yeah and obviously some little lakes but out of your major lakes eildon's obviously really tough as well but i think blaring takes the icing yeah for being tough and you've caught a nice fish on your first yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, blind. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. I've been, I've been, you know, like you trigger happy. You don't know your anticipation's high. And I remember, I got up at, I got up at Sparrows Farm that day. Yeah, and, and you I fished all day. Yeah, I fished all day. I got up at Sparrows Farm because I had, I had ten days off, um, before I started in the store, and I was, I no, I had fourteen days off, two weeks. Yes, I remember you telling yeah. me this. Yes, and I was like, I'm fishing every day. Yeah, you fished. I fished. I fished twelve out of fourteen days. Yeah. yeah, that was your crash course. That was straight into it. So the first run out in the morning, it's foggy as it gets. Couldn't see my hand in front of my face. Get out there. I spent a lot of time driving boats and I got so lost. I spent an hour going around. I looked at my track because I was Navionics app, but without, yep. any, without any degree of speed, I couldn't see which heading I was going. So I went around in circles in the center of the lake in pea and ham soup for like an hour. No joke. I had my tray. It was, I deleted <gasps> it because it was embarrassing. I was like, this is hilarious. So I got over to the other side, fished around, didn't say anything, you know, went through the course of the day. Um, just also too, what I wanted to do was immerse myself in getting to know, I didn't, I didn't like spend too much time. Well, I did, you know, I fished relatively quickly, but I just wanted to familiarize myself with, well, there's a log that runs in here. This is the bay that's protected. And this went it's first time on the dam, never fished it before, you know, don't, don't know anything about it. So just going to try and see what I can. Yeah. I think I'd gone into Browns. I'd come over the other side. I'd have a look around here. Just like, yep. just buzzing around, you know. Yeah. And then 
got by that one. What did you think of it? Do you remember? Where I was thinking, I was thinking. The first day, do you remember being out there thinking? Yeah, I was thinking. This this lake is freezing cold. Freezing cold. And it's from Tads, it's cold. Yeah. The scenery's glorious. You know, it was was beautiful. The water. Gin clear, crisp air, the cliffs, fog in the morning, sunrise. I really liked that, you know. Yeah. Really sort of picturesque sort of stuff. I thought this is this is gorgeous, and because yeah. of my affiliation with lakes back in Tassie, Tassie. You know, I, I've learned that you know they can get savage really bad, you know. But also too, I feel comfortable in the lake, you know. Yeah, we got a lot of timber in our Tassie lakes, you know that you got to be careful. Obviously, blowing being sort of big fish bowl down the bottom, and not too much out there. There's big, nothing out there. Yeah, if nothing out there. One little island. <laughs> yeah, but you get towards the edges and you're like, okay, you got to be careful. I don't yeah. know. There's been a lot of our lakes in Tassie had been logged beforehand so depending on the water level there's oh, like yeah, oh yeah. mate there they've, is they've done that in Burundong too trance there's, there's transom killers there like yes. leg of the outboard you don't know it yes. until you boom it's yeah, always always nasty. rule number one never lock for me having having the, the yeah. um, manual never lock it never lock your tiller down no no way anyway so I was stoked and I was absolutely gassed by the time that they'd got that fish on. I thought, look, that's it. I'm, I'm stoked. In, yeah. In hindsight, I probably should have kept fishing because it might have been a bit of a bite window, but I'd fished That was since. your day, was it? That was my first day. So I went back the next day, like ready to go again. Same, same deal. Peen ham soup in the morning. Thought I had a better idea. Went out, cut some laps around. Took it really slow so it takes forever to get across the lake. Yep. Remember, I was keeping, there was a little bit of a light breeze. Keep the light breeze on my left cheek. Cool, I'm going the right direction. Veer off. It's on my right cheek. No, go back around again. Left cheek. Cool. This is, this is still with, yeah, no, no sound and no nothing. You know, yeah, whereas now it's like, yeah, watch the sounder. <laughs> totally, hey. <laughs> Full rip. Yeah, because yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So go around, you know, sort of buzz around trying to fish some more, fish like, you know, deep plastics, all the rest of it. And I remember I was having a chat with Colby Lesko in the afternoon and I was like, it's his surface business activity, and I'd bought myself a tremor. You know, it's his surface thing. I want to try this these paddlers, and I'd I put it. Can't get over this. I put on put on a big swim bait. And I got bought a big swim bait rod. It was a Saint Croix musky mojo. I don't know if you know one of those things. No. It's like a telegraph pole. It doesn't bend. Right. Yeah, it's good for probably the biggest heaviest thing you've ever got. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kobe's like, oh, don't worry about it until it gets dark. And I was thinking to myself, like, until the lights are gone. And I was thinking to myself, well. You know, it was sort of like four in the Arvo and the sun's dropped behind the hill. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm cold in the shade here. I was like, that's good enough. So I started working my way inside this bay and, you know, as you can with these big, big long casts into the never never. I'm thinking, this, this tremor. But then you can still see the sun hitting the tops of the trees. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Dark. Yeah, Eastern's, four o'clock, you still got an hour and a half. Eastern side of the dam was in light still. Yeah, so the whole I was just, I was just in the shade under the, the hill. Shady. Yeah. So it was still bright. Still bright, yeah. Yeah. So I'm big long cast down. I was trying to think. I was asking Colby, where were you fishing? He's like, oh, I was casting up in the shallows and it probably ate. I was sitting in nine meters and it was probably eight up there. And I was like, oh, the random jump number generator saying I'm at about 10 meters. And I'm <laughs> guessing that it's, you know, it's like big long 45s up to the bank with the electric. I'm like, Pop, 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 going down. No joke, it would have been about 20 minutes into it. That is ridiculous. I'd just gone past where I caught my fish the day uh, before. Yep. I'd thumped a big long cast down. And I should have should have been watching. I say that every time. I should have been watching. I never watched. And I wasn't. Because it was almost back to the leader. And oh, so I, was it? And I, yeah, yeah. It was, man, it was, it was, the leader was, was right off the rod tip. It, so I looked, I looked at the sounder, I don't know why, because it all told me is how deep it was. I looked at the sounder and then, boof, next to the boat. That might have been a bit loud then. That's but, right. 
Oh, for God's sake. That's what it sounds like when you're out there. Off, off the leader, you know, cartwheeled, water cased me everywhere. I had the wear, I didn't realise because I hadn't got a fish in this thing. I had the drag wound up that bloody tight. It's just swung me around on this broomstick. It's almost got me <laughs> off balance. This thing's three quarters of the way in the water, the motor just under, just, just case and water. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, holy shit. You know, it's like hardly pulling drag. I thought, back it off a little bit because I don't want to pull hooks on. I don't know what, you know, you know, you don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing, you know. What's it doing? It's right under the boat. It's giving them the berries. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. I ended up getting up. So I had a trout net. It's the one that I use in the boat for, for guiding. And uh, uh, McLean's way net, fantastic. Um, it turns out that you can actually put a 92-centimetre cod inside a trout net. It, it does fold up like a pancake, and I thought I was going to bust the net getting it up. But, yeah, it turned out I'd... I'd what a fish. Day two, I'd been kissed on the... Yeah, mm -hmm. and I'd managed to pop a 92 in the Off boat. Off the top, in the daylight, in blaring. Yeah, that's, that's the only eater. And I've you had. were like... I think you messaged me. So you joined and you messaged me. And then it was like, oh, yes, I've done two trips. Um, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. I got that, and then I got 92 off the top. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're I, like, remember oh, yeah, your, I, I remember you. I, I don't know. What, I, I think I'm doing the right thing. I, I got this one. I was like, uh, yeah, that's you're not going to do that again. You're like, oh, really? I'm like, You're like, oh, I've got another 10 days, 12 days to fish. I've got a fair bit to go. I was like, yeah, you'll have some donuts and what follows. No, mate, I think after that, I'm pretty sure I went in on... You hit the end of that full week. Yeah, I, I didn't touch another fish. For another four or five sessions. Yeah, yeah, I didn't touch another one for quite a while. So yeah. it, it helps. I don't think you would be the person to quit anyway, but no. it helped that you had re response or you had some Abs sort of feedback straight away in the same bay. So Absolutely. You knew, right, I felt confident in that yeah. bay and you've caught fish in that bay yeah. since. yeah. Um, Not only that, I haven't put another one down that spoil I've been is denied in there, especially after seeing what they've done. But yeah, yeah. But yeah um, 92 off the top. And 92 off the like, top. Mate, that's the yeah. respect that fish. Absolutely. So this is where this, and this is where, can you tell me through the story of if someone else is in this same position? Yeah. And I want to talk about the journey of learning cod mm -hmm. so quickly, but the reason you did it so quickly is because you spent so much time out there. I spent so much time. That was, I, I, ridiculous. Ridic like, I remember you were saying to me, you were like, you're crazy. Like you're spending, you're like, you're out there again. And I'm like, yeah, man, I like, I did, I think I did 12 out of 14 days. Like, I think I did, I think I did eight days straight. Yes. And then I had a day off, and then I had another couple of and days. You started turning them into those Arvo morning. Yeah, things, like I said, once I got days more, of waste. Once you knew the area, that's it. Once I got more confidence, so the beginning of it was like, well, I figured with daybreak it's easy to go in because it will get light. Mm -hmm. And looking at blowering as as a whole, you know, it is a rather large fish bowl without much in the way to get in strife. So I am mm -hmm. safe so long as the weather doesn't get bad. Mm -hmm. And then I got more confidence to go into the evening, having a better mental picture of where I was. Um, Obviously, you know, on the new moon, you can't see your nose in front of your face. Makes it, you know, just the other night out there. Still, like, don't have a clue where I'm going. Mm. You know, it's just like... Everyone knows you're feeling. Right, perfect thing, ran into a tree. Like, yeah. to said, oh, to said, mate, there's a tree up here. You know, watch out for it as I'm looking on the scope. And then all of a sudden, like, whoop, you know, the tree's <laughs> like right there coming past. But I, I immersed myself in it and, and, and just gave it as much as I possibly could in a short amount of time. Like, a real crash course and... Thanks to the help of Reese, which I put a lot of it down to, in amongst me actually getting out there and doing it, but you being as responsive as you were and, and, and forward coming, because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of cagey people. I mean, mm -hmm. your platform doesn't 
suggest that at all. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, it's all there. If you didn't have to go in and say, oh, you're going to give me more than what I deserved, you know, it's just like the information's there, mate, go for it. But you were like right in there with... Well, it's part of it. It's part of what we do. Yeah. It's, we're, me and, and Dan and everyone who contributes. Yeah. You've got everyone in New South and Vic were all there just to yeah. help answer questions. Yeah. Because I feel fishing is something that should be shared and it would be selfish to personally, yeah. I believe, it's selfish to hold on to something that someone taught me things when I was younger. Totally. I had no idea. I didn't know that it didn't actually really matter what colour spinnerbait I threw on the river. I thought it had to be a red and black spinnerbait. <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I thought every... And I used to ask this fellow, I used to be like, are they biting at the minute? And, yeah. and, and like, I had no idea. And you'd get one and you'd be like, wow. But I learnt so much. If it weren't for him, who knows? I might yeah. not be here doing yeah. this. Yeah. So it was just like return the favour to anyone who wants to learn. And that's it's a great way. It's a great, a great outlook to have because... I feel like, you know, you cop flack on social media or whatever it means. Like, oh, I, heaps. I mean, it's like Heaps. And I understand people being cagey and wanting, potentially wanting to preserve, you know, their own special little slice. But like, I mean, for me working as a guide, it's I get nothing more out of seeing your first, your biggest, your most memorable eat, whatever it is. That's what I, that's why I get out there and some would say, I can never do what you do for it. You know, I can never do my passion as a job, but I love it. Mm. Couldn't think of anything better. Mm-hmm. Like that session we had on the river on the drift boat, man. Mm-hmm. Seeing you pin that 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 hopper eat up along the side of the yeah, boat. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was epic. Yeah. Yeah, and then just braining them on the worms. Yeah. That's, this is a squirmy worm, not like worm worms. Um, <laughs> it's a fake worm, so fake it still worm. counts as like yeah. artificial. But like that that whole progression, you're, you're, a gun, yeah. you're a gun fisho. And just to see the stoke on your face. like Yeah, it was the first time I'd done it. Doing trout in, in a different from aspect. The yeah. From the boat. I do a lot from the shore but yeah and that's that's like, so i understand the cage of people you know what i mean but it yeah, ruins look, it look how much i learned there so then i can go do it and yeah there's only a limited amount of fish for us to all catch but mate oh, i could still i'm still going out to blend and catching fish and you're catching me to fish absolutely i can still catch me to fish absolutely the next person can absolutely. still catch them like that, bloke, that bloke the other night that got one yeah, so Josh Ray, Josh, I interviewed before, and yeah. I was actually talking to him when he was up there. I said, "Oh, I'd come if I could, but good luck. Yeah. I can't come up." Yeah. And got the message. Just got a one thirty-one. If you mate, if you listen to this, Josh, down the line, congratulations, hey. That, that's the goal fish. for this year for me. A one thirty. One thirty, mate, on the fly. That's the ticket. So that that's a pretty cool goal. We'll get to that in a second. Story you've learned how to fish. Well, that second week, do you remember that second week? I didn't do much. I didn't do didn't much. Did you catch to a good one I, in that second oh, week? Was that the, it might have been the mystery metery that came in the there. The first one. Yeah, the first. So, yeah, talk us through this, and it can be a shortcut version of the rest of winter. Yeah. How, yeah. Did, um, how did you go through this learning phase of we've heard that the introduction yeah. into how you learn, and then you just immersed yourself in yeah. information that was yeah. there and your own experiences, yeah. and, it, and your shortcut. Obviously, you have to put time in. You Absolutely. Can't do and that, that's, that's one thing that I have done. Like, I had. My partner was living in Canberra. I'd work till five o'clock. I'd have the boat on the trailer at work because lights slim mm-hmm. to get up there, get into the spot and fish for a couple of hours, even if it was 15 minutes from the boat ramp here. I mean, I had no excuses not to and nothing else to do with an evening. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to tie flies for the season ahead guiding. Um, you know, all I wanted to do was just, and it was a real, for me, it became an obsession. <laughs> it is an obsession. Like, yeah, yeah. There's been yeah. there's been a bit going on with moving house and all the rest of it at the moment, but like it's I, summer, it's okay. Yeah, well, so too. But I mean, there's that one twenty two that came up. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, like it's it's been it's been my bonnet, and I and I and I can't get enough of it. Hey. Yeah. So I was fishing along, 
up in Log Creek, having a muck around, and, and I had, I don't think I had another tap. Is yeah, this I went in through, the fourteen days still? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I picked it, anyways, up that this one. This is the next part of your story after a stack of countless fishless nights. Yeah, I yeah. think I I pulled like a really a really l a long session without getting any fish. Mm -hmm. Like we hadn't done anything, and I was down in Log Creek, and I was fishing back up another, you know, just another night. And all I was doing, no no side scan, no nothing. I was literally just cast and retrieve searching. Plastics. Cast, yeah, blind. The water was high at that time, and I think I'd gone through my third bib on the tremor because I couldn't see where the banks were, where the trees just just blasting them apart. And without, yeah, it was I wasn't having the best experience. And also too, I'd cast that thing around, and as Ray said, like it probably wasn't you know wasn't going to really happen again. I cast that thing because all I wanted to do was a lube and fire and get one to blow up, but it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened, mate. I haven't happened since. I think no, I've done told eight, eighty odd sessions since I started in June. No, I haven't had another blow up. Yeah. Only, only the one time. Oh, you did, yeah, yeah. But that was like me. big Susan Boyle at the boat on that wake bait. Yeah, it was oh, a big fish. That was, mate, and that was like it was like a dolphin habitated next to yeah. me. Yeah, you like, yeah. But anyway, so fishing along, donk it goes, wicked hook up, you know, give it to it, give it to it, I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's good fish, you know. I usually I'm running a red light on my headlamp so I can sort of see what I'm doing, go from the red to white, you know. It rolls up next to the boat. Sugar, it's a good one. Oh, geez, you know, get it up in the net. Silly me, the measuring tape on the on the boat, you know, the old stick on. I think I went to ninety two or something like that. So, did a bit, bit of a guesstimate, and 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 Reese put it at around that sort of one hundred four to six mark, and and we put it out to the jury, and it sort of went into that realm. So that was my first unofficial metering. It was definitely metering. Yeah, it was over. Um, I was beside myself, you know, smelling like a proper cod. This one was heavy and big yep. to pick up, and it was cold and dark, and I was just like, cool. So you get your first one on the plastic. Yep, first and one on the plastic, and you then a couple of other ones, and then you did a big session. Yeah, I did a, did a three day with a with a, a, a guy I know, um, and we'd fished for three days and not touched anything. Big, big, big sessions. big sessions, like burning the candle all night. And Too much. Yeah, this is like off the back of, you know, I remember he rocking up to home. He rocked up at home and I was in a bit of a, not in a state, but, you know, like the garbage bin had been taken out and it was just like mm. me, like mad, mad professor over, you know, like <laughs> sitting over like the SF maps, like, we got to go and check out this spot, you know, there's this lay down here, you know, he's got the scope on it, you know. So we're fishing along and... Um, You're still just casting here? Just this still before you upgraded your tech. Blind. Yep, no sounder still. Oh, I'd upgraded then to a basic Garmin Echo Map. Yep. Um, old Girl SV95. Um, yep. Good, they've regarded as a good side scan image. Yep. But side scans are catch-22, I've found, because that can mean you see what's happened. It's just reference for... Yeah, 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 yeah. you know. Oh, it's a bait-searching tool. Yeah, there was a fish. Don't know which way it was facing. Don't know if he's coming or going. Am I coming or going? Is he bigger because I'm going slower? Is he travelling along with me? That's why we're getting a dragged out picture. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, look, I was able to then see to the side in Blowing, looking out to one side is pretty much useless. So you're just looking at <laughs> looking at one side yeah, of the bank. It's pretty barren out. Yes, <laughs> she's a paddock wolf. Until you get the scope, you don't realise yes. what actually does linger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fishing along. I think we've been fishing plastics exclusively, and I think by then I'd gone in and spent. 100 pennies or whatever it was on a on a gantrel and i thought i'm gonna give this thing a slide and it was a uh, a very nice but i don't think i'd corresponded with you about you were that there area. and i was there the same night but i didn't know you were there yeah we, we were in log creek or maybe on the other side and i think you guys had we fished and then we left and then you came into where we fished yeah. and i missed there's a clip on social media of me missing 
a big one and after it I'm like what is wrong with this trip Dan they were on that yeah they were that night because Dan and I dropped four we dropped three fish four times yeah one was the same fish I dropped it twice on top water I dropped it at 10 30 at night and then I dropped it the next morning right on sunrise and that's the clip of me dropping it again yeah Dan dropped the 125 and another meter 10 hooks just didn't go in yeah the exact same point that I dropped this big girl off, there must have been another meter living on that point. On the opposite side, I was on the point and I'd put a cast far and wide past and it was just going through the standard procedure. At you what, 2am? Uh, I think it was one twenty. Yes, we were well and truly in the swags and, by that time. And it was, it was just before moonrise, I yep. remember it. Like, moon would have risen on the horizon. Yeah, to the real moon rise. Yeah, the real moon rise. Yeah. And just slow rolling back. And it was literally like we'd literally come to the point. This was the last point. This was the last time. We were gassed. Absolutely had yep. nothing left. He'd picked up a small like 50 earlier in the night, which is wicked. You know, we got we got ACOD after three days of casting, you know. That's right. Pe- pounding, pounding. Because he came down and you guys yeah. literally spent four days, three days out there. Up there, yep. And so up there going along, slow rolling, donk, you know, whack, hit it. Shit, feels How good is that feeling? Donk, yep, solid, still solid. You know, good, yep, okay, cool. You know, start craning, you know, it's just was working it. And we went from being delirious to being snapped to, you know, mm. action stations quick, you know, keeping up. That feeling. Oh, man. And then, so, so both of us headlights on. Shit, it's big, it's big, you know, it's real big. You know, oh, God, you know, and, and, and it didn't carry on too much. I don't know whether that's thankfully or not. They don't know. It did in the boat later on. Yeah. Put it in the net and we were just like, holy sugar, this thing is out of, like it was, I'd seen a big one by then, mystery meter, he didn't really know what it was, but I'd seen a big one by then and, and it was just like, this thing's out of control. This is huge. What did it go? 121. They're yeah. massive it was that man- size. So it took two of us to get it up in the boat. Right, yep. and it, it had it unfortunately had this gantrel second gill rake down, and we could see it looking in there, going, "How the how are we going to get it out?" Like, like swallowed it, swallowed it right down on it, right, right down in there, just like, "How are we going to get this out?" Like, you've got to get this, we've got to look after this fish. It's too big, it's too special. Like, had long nose pliers, you know. So <laughs> in bunny ears, long yeah, nose. yeah, long nose pliers in bunny ears. So, so I straddled this thing, right? I straddled it, I sat on it, and I held it because I experienced after my ninety-two and what cod thumb was i think i've still got the scars on my finger so i'd known by then that you know you don't muck around with these teeth because they just tear you to pieces so i held its jaws apart while my my friend got in there with the long nose pliers and i was peeking out because all this thing i'd seen by then the death roll that they do on the and you know i was just seeing myself if you get pinned on that treble in there inside this thing's mouth like i can't stop it like it's gonna just gonna tear us apart you're gonna be stuck you know Three quarters of your arm, we're up to your elbow. Do you think about that? I'm just, oh, absolutely, I'm man. That. Well, I'm after, literally like, right, a big girl, that hook is out. Oh, good. After, I don't even think about it. After just seeing with GTs and trout and stuff like that, you know, dealing with 8-0 trebles on, on big fish that want to kick it's out. Never, just I've like never seen it happen. Scary. So I was peeking and we managed to pop it off and we went through the process and I cradled and I could barely do it, like delirious and weak. And I was just like, we've actually got a couple of good shots. Yeah, you did. And, yeah. and I was just like, Wow, that's I was like, what a fish, and there was such rejoice. And when was this? Is was this July? Like June? I 
can tell you when it was. So it's a couple of hard months though. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of hard months. Like they, there was, they'd give a little bit and then they'd take it away. I'd get, I'd get, I'd get a little taste, probably enough to keep me. Like two sessions in a row, you'd get a hit and a fish yeah. and then you'd get a hit. Like, and yeah. then there was a dry spell and I, then. And I wasn't, I wasn't as much as it was everything suggested to go about the barometer and the time. I was, I was just like, Going I was fishing. fishing. I was fishing. Again, yeah. sheerly for, pardon me. Sheerly for experience, for familiarity. Yeah. And you were addicted. And I was addicted, man. So I'd seen them. You being such a fly, and this is the process I want to, I just want you to explain to people, is yep. how do you go from not knowing how, like give some advice, how you go from not knowing how to chase this fish, you then obviously one piece of advice which you already gave was that you use the most appropriate technique yep. to start with. For searching, absolutely. Is there anything else? I, like... I just used what I'd learnt from spin. You know, I needed to sit this far off the bank. I needed to put a cast that accurately. And you learnt that? Through reading literature, through watching the demonstrations that you've done through the videos on the site, through talking with you and your experience of this is what you need to do, this is how it's going to behave, and watching the videos that correspond with it. And then your other knowledge of fish. And, and just maybe fishing in general, or, yeah. yeah. I knew the retrieve needed to be slow, Right, yep. and I didn't realise how slow it actually needed to be. It's amazing that in hindsight, now looking back over, if you think you're moving it slowly, then you're probably not moving it no. slow enough. It's crazy. Although you have seen how quick that thing plummets, which is actually mm -hmm. it's good. But so I transferred that right. So next thing with me, I got that one twenty one. I went right. Okay, I got no excuses now. The idea was to get them on the fly. That's what I wanted to do. And that fish was the. I've done it. That's it. I've done it. Like. Not one. that I've not that I've done it, but that's the one that gives me the reason I've done that. Yep. Now let's now, pick up the fly. Yep. I don't. I've, I've done that. I ticked off a, a thumping huge fish. I don't like. I don't need to. Yeah, I don't need to. And you caught this fish within two months. It's your second meter cod. Yeah. Yes, people work forever for a meter cod. You probably only caught five cod. Then. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's because of the spot you're fishing and the amount of hours you were giving up to get that fish in return yeah in saying that you probably are on about average yes you know what i mean you, you by comparison if you had it's a look about at how much time i've spent there for the equivalent meters yeah. i've caught absolutely for for the time on water that i'd spent like there was a lot i mean you saw it man i was out there yeah a yeah. lot a lot of days but it's crazy how much time you shortcut of learning when you already sort of know how to catch other similar species, but also when you're got, you're told to do this, 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 and this. And Absolutely. This. And, right, let's do that. And you listen to it, and you, you do. Like, I mean, that's what it is. You, you, if you follow, there is not rules, but, you know, there's good suggestions to it. And if you put, you know, A, B, then C will be the outcome. Eventually. You, you stick to the program, something that's tried and tested, um, and you will eventually get a fish, you know. I think one of my biggest sessions that I've done out there is 10 sessions without a fish. And I tell you what, by the end of it, you're going, what's going on? <laughs> like, like, what's, like, what's going on? Like, do that too, yeah. ten, like, it, 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 you could chuck the towel in it, two, three, four, five, how long is a piece of string? Yeah. The way I thought about it is for every session that I don't catch one, I'm a session closer to catching one. Yes. It's only like... If it's not this one, well, then maybe it's going to be next. Isn't if it's it? not that one, it's going to be the next. Yeah, it's good luck, when, it, when it is, especially when you, I mean, I'm looking around your room here, it's impressive. When you've got those things, that's the reward. Hey, you, you cast, you keep casting. Yeah. You keep casting. See, personally, the style of fishing you, have, you do on a river, I would get yeah. that. Only because the dam is so accessible, we get there all the time on the totally, river, we don't totally. get to. But still, I'd still, even if you could get them both the same, I would pick casting on a river even for a small fish or a big fish on the river, I would pick that any day over the style of fishing there. Yes. But that on edge 
that we're on edge and it's just the repetitive doing the same thing and then in one instant it could be bang a trophy fish and they're just the the whole way that thing is massive yeah you get that on the river too but they're a lot harder to catch through our area they're they're more common on the murray yeah but on the bidgey here the big fish are far and few between you can't just do session up session up session and hope to get one whereas up there you could put in four five six seven sessions and and one will come yeah 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 the feeling in that very small moment is just out of this world yeah i've had it happen and it's just addictive which is why you've kept doing it absolutely man so then how do you apply this to fly so so i took what i'd learned you know so i need to sit this far away yeah how do you use a fly how do you because a fly is not well easy to get down there what did you do no so like the 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 technique it's all wet flies or streamers you know and it's heavy sinking lines or fast sinking lines i knew that i had to hedge my bets because obviously plastics come in or swim baits come in a variety of different weights or you can add weights to chop and change flies themselves you can wait but you don't so much as get a natural presentation and i know from anything it's presentation is key so fly you wait the line and you get inch per second sink rates so I'd had a string of different fly lines. I had a floating line, obviously, for top water, yep. for fishing very, very shallow. An intermediate line, which sinks at 1.25 inch per second. I had a 2 slash 3 inch per second fly line. All right, so it's tapered, and it's a level sink. The whole fly line drops in unison down. And then I also had a 3.5 inch per second which drops a little bit quicker but well, mm-hmm. i thought it dropped a little bit quicker i've gone a bit further down the rabbit hole now and i knew that right so if i've got to sit this far away to make the cast to hit the bank well i can't cast half that distance with a, with a fly rod so i'm going to move myself closer so you moved yourself instead of sitting in eight meters diagonally casting in on yep. a sort of 45 bank yep. not a super shallow bank yeah you now pulled in tighter and cast further more of an acute angle up along the bank yeah because it was taking me um, not exactly knowing without knowing exactly what depth or structure was there um, I knew that it dropped away fast but I didn't want to risk myself getting fouled all the time I knew I needed to count it down in order to get it down deep but also the degree of angle off the bank it drops away on some degree of a 45 so for each movement of line that i pull it off the bank it's increased in depth so in turn i need to wait for it to sink longer so it's for me i was going to fish more along the line mm-hmm. as opposed to as opposed to fishing more directly at the bank with this with the spin gear where i can drop it faster fish it deeper more accurately i guess you could say more more consistently get it at that depth time after time after time and the fact that you're throwing something that takes a long time to throw and a long time to retrieve yes did that then determine what kind of bank you fish because we fish a lot of flat open wide spacey banks where the fish are out cruising moving around right yeah and we're casting winding casting winding covering water not winding quick but casting covering to throw a fly out there i feel like would just be a waste of time so a very long searching so process. So what was your process? Let's fish where there's likely to be fish staged. Yeah, likely there could be fish staged in, in fishy looking area. Again, looking through the SF maps and reading the reports, um, you know, looking on a star rating for the highest concentrations of fish that Reese has up there. I knew there's a couple of spots that are, and after talking to him, there's a couple of spots that are higher population. So I thought this is going to be a good place for me to get in there. Um, so you wanted to fish places that had sort of a, a, a slopier sort of like more rock yeah, and timber yeah more structure that for there to be fish 
in around you know yeah. i could i could fish wide open bays blindly and yeah you might stagger across one um but i really wanted to hedge my bets at the fishiest locations in order to get some degree of confidence up and how do you go with picking the bank based on your wind did you have to be particular because you had to fish slower so, so much slower my whole process moved from you know you could say a speed two and a half to three to me literally creeping along because it takes so much longer on the fly to get down. Especially initially, I was, I was worried on the on the, the three to five inch per second line because it rocked, it, for me, it was dropping quite fast and I didn't want to foul up on the bottom. I literally don't know actually how deep it drops away. So I was fishing the slower sinking line initially. Um, so I'd be sitting there and you wait, you know, you'd count it 30, 40, 50 seconds to get down to its depth. Which one? The, the two to three inch per second. You did? Yeah, because I was fishing with such a bulky fly. So you have to wait for the line to sink. And can you explain the process? Because a lot of our listeners obviously throw lures. We'd have mm. a, a few that dabble in fly maybe or some that do love their fly and some that may be interested in getting into chasing cod on fly. Mm. And for this, for what we're going to talk about for the next little bit, we will reference just impoundment cod with the fly. Yeah. Can yeah. you explain how in contradiction to a plastic, how it actually retrieves and swims through the water yeah. based on the line being the weight versus what happens with the plastic. With the plastic, Because it is yeah. so cool to see yeah. when you see it on a screen. Well, it wasn't until we actually went to the screen. I mean, the level sink lines, they are as they sound. The whole lot, because the line is weighted, they have a tungsten coating on the line, which gains its, its density in order to make it sink. Um, they drop as they sound as a level sink. You cast it out, you have a relatively short leader, um, sort of three or four feet, so in turn you're getting a quick pull down with the fly line sinking and the fly in tow. Once it plateaus out at the level that you decide, when you start retrieving that, the fly levels out and it will come on a horizontal plane. It will get down to the level you want to fish and it will track on that straight level. It wasn't until we fished with Reese on the scope the first time to I fished with Reese. They actually realized how well that line actually tracks and how well the fish respond to it. So the more you retrieve, it it the doesn't deeper it sort of yeah. hangs. And whereas you start one the plastic, you if you've never seen it, it, ju- it like jumps. Yeah. Yeah. If you do two quick winds, it literally goes woof up. Races up. It's like yeah. holy dooly, I want that thing down. Yeah. I want it to follow the contour. So in- your fly literally the whole lot sinking instead of you like you've got your your jig head whatever it may be the braid's relatively irrelevant if you were to i guess if you were to cast your weight of your head you know your plastic whatever it is if you were to engage a bail arm and let it sink down under tension it would probably sink more on a 45 as yeah, it's gaining it its gets, plane it even gets a little bow in it yeah if you're to free spool it it definitely runs across the surface and goes down to your point where you've cast your lure. Yeah. Then in turn, when you click it over, because it's got that belly of line, you literally watch it go straight yeah, up the and surface. Yeah, the belly, the belly goes from the rod tip around and then down yeah, the lure. Yeah, in an arc. It's like a balloon. F- for me, it's... drags it up. Yeah, for me, it's completely opposite. different. The line sinks first. Off the rod tip, yeah, you watch the line dropping down and then it bellies out and it goes onto a level plane and straight to the fly. To watch it. So this is, I'm going to talk about a few of the lessons that we saw when the first time you, you'd caught a couple on the fly yep. and then we went for a session and you learned a ridiculous amount in that session. So just go back, 
how you started fishing with the fly without yep. just blind casting? What was the process? Just just literally out there trying to emulate exactly the same thing I'd been doing the plastic, but obviously it needs to be a lot slower. What kind of flies? Um, like big? Big, big, long. I had a bunch of custom tied flies by a guy called John Everett, um, New England Flies. Um, he generally ties really good river for really good flies full stop. He's known as a sort of a bit of a cod guru up there in the New England area. Um, I knew he was the guy to talk to. I needed a large, oversized. We, we spoke about what we wanted. Colors were, you know, your cod colors, not really knowing. Your black purples, your chartreuse whites, you know, your natural mm -hmm. um, dark black mm -hmm. over olive, um, tan over white, you know. Mm -hmm. A ready, because it was readies in the tank. Or in the tank, in the in, in the in the, in the big tank. In the big tank, yeah. So... The flies that I had tied were anything from eight to sort of 12 inches long. Yep. Um, and they were on six to eight-o hooks. Um, quite mm -hmm. a few of them were um, doubles with stingers in the back end of them, articulated flies. Trying to emulate, trying just to replicate fish. just a fish profile, trying to look They're at big, swim baits. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Trying to, trying to copy what you chuck on spin. Trying to chuck it on the fly rod. All right, so you're chucking it, and what are you yep. doing? Chucking what, 15 meters? Trying to cast as much as I can How initially. But well, now the cast has progressed out to sort of a 25 meter cast on the scope because it's need to be a minimum of 20. Um, but I was casting to whatever I could, you yep. know, just as long as the my my angle would allow up and then count it down the appropriate amount for how much I thought that I was. And by then I had a pretty good map in my mind for where I was in the dam. So that was critical. Knowing where I was in, in relation, the in the dark, because at the time the water was really high. It was sort of until recently I hadn't seen the dam below 94%. So for me, it was a completely different picture to anything else. I, all I knew was tops of the trees. You didn't even know that there was half this junk mm -hmm. down there. But you literally, a big lesson in the success for your fly and even your plastics and that was understanding the bank yep. in the dark and you'd fish it that many times that when you started throwing that you're like cool there's that tree again yes i know up here the next cast has to be a little bit to the left because yes. the point rolls out a bit yep. yeah and that was that was literally how so i'd fished when the first one came along i'd fished an area that i'd sighted one the day before and i went up after work and i went to the area and he wasn't there and i thought i'll oh, bugger it i ripped across to the other side and i started working my way up mm-hmm and I knew it came into a particular little bay and I knew there was a couple of tree stumps in this little corner and a couple of little spindlies. I knew if I sat on the outside of this tree, I can get a nice cast angle straight up as yep. I sort of, as I take the apex through it. Cast goes up, counted down the appropriate time and my, my, my retrieve then was quite different to um, what was maybe known or what's known as your standard cod retrieve, the slow was actually quite an agitated strip strip pause what was your normal retrieve well we're like slow by comparison just to, strip yeah well let's say it's swim strip. baits or like conventional slow roll dead slow roll because the plastic itself is is rolling on the tail that's what you're banking on you know it's doing the work for but on you the fly you need to do a little bit of work well otherwise they they just, yeah they've got movement in them but they've got to yes you got to add the vibration or the, the feel mm, so for me i was doing short six inch strips strip strip pause and that in turn how, how hard was a strip like a little little bit of a pull. Chum, chum. so fair fair whack and then in turn what it made the what it made the fly do because they articulated and made, made it kick left right left and because the flies unweighted and the light the line was relatively light they hold dead in the water they yeah. stop 
So they equivalent don't. to a swim bait retriever would be like twitching the handle quick. Exactly. Like twitch, twitch. Yeah, if you, or so twitch or off the, rod, or off the go, rod tip. Twitch, twitch. With the rod tip. Yeah. Barra, so exactly the same. It's like twitching your rod tip, but yep. with your fly line. Yep. So you fine every see I'm, I'm doing everything needs to be straight line i've yep. got no lifting power so all my actions done directly by moving the line through my hand strip strip pause so in this scenario what did you change your retrieve to i was just doing my strip strip pause oh this is how you've been yeah, fishing them. yeah short yep. short six inch strips strip strip pause yep strip strip pause and i remember thinking so you like, applied what you'd learned yeah I can't slow roll because we need some sort of yeah. action. Let's do need this. Need to move it. Now, after watching these flies, because this is a new new kettle of fish for me. Like, barra flies are big, but not like this. Yeah. I had to develop my... I had to practice my own cast to be able to handle them. Be it the casting room behind, the actual cast itself in the dark. You're dragging around on a 10-weight fly rod, so it's a really quite heavy gauge rod. Big flies in the dark, catastrophic if you make a mistake, you get a yep. hook into you, you are going to a hospital, <laughs> go and get that thing pulled out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going through the retrieve and then whack, it comes up tight. And for, and for those who do and don't know fly fishing, we strip set when we're fishing streamers, so rod tip down, everything in a straight line, and you pull back on that line. It's a reaction. You don't lift the rod. Don't lift the rod categorically. Because you don't it's have just any, too weak. Don't have any power. It's not like, you know... Flying's got a little bit of give. The the easiest way in order, the most pressure you can put on something is to have a straight line rod path. Same thing with spin. If you want to snap something off, you go straight line to it. You don't try and bend it on your rod. But because this fly line's so stretchy. Well, relatively, these fly lines have only got a small amount because they've actually got a braided core. Yeah. That's the difference right. when you go up to this level. But there's no power in the rod, so the no. only way is to literally, yep. it'll be like a cod hitting you if you're rolling your bait caster and just pulling your left hand back as hard you, as you can that, straight. That is exactly what it needs to be. But yeah. you snap, most likely, you're brave with a short bit of leader. Where yeah. it comes to fire, you've got a lot more give. Yeah, yeah. So, right, I, so you've stripped. Strip, yep. Bang. Strip, boom, yep, one, I've got him. Yep, back in again because stripping and I'm catching the line in between. Yep, still got him, still rolling him. And I remember thinking to myself, Oh, it's, yeah, I've got one, you know, and and again, the most power I can put on a fly, I knew I was in a bit of ugly country, there was some sticks out to the right and there was a bunch of stuff in the end. The most I can do is what it's referred to, you can crane on it, you can say the same thing on a swim bait rod. I kept that rod relatively low and straight. Just a tiny angle? And I just, I literally winched this thing up. And so I you've loaded into him very... Very little, low angle. And yeah, I'm, it's and not I'm, dead straight. It's, it's not far low. off it. And, yep. I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking far out, you know, this is... And so I've gone... Red light, okay, so change the red light to white light. Touch, touch, gone to second brightness. You know, I'm going, here we go. I'm thinking, oh, I should be able to see him now. And it comes up and rolls on the surface. Holy, you know, yes, there it is. Of course, me, I've learned a lesson now. I didn't have the net ready. So I'm like, oh, you got to get the net ready. Scoop yeah. it up. And I reckon I reckon people were camping up at, up at, up at the pines. I reckon they could have heard me. Hey, it sounded the reverb in Log Creek, Luke. So I've got to say, it sounded Epic. That is so good. The biggest hoot. I knew straight away after seeing one. I knew it was. I knew it was over the mark. uh, Was that? It was only a couple of trips after you won twenty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was three trips after. Yeah, three trips of using the fly. Uh, yeah, three trips. Three trips on the fly. And that. And that. Meter eight. Yeah, uh, one oh six and a half. One oh six. Yeah. So then it was. That's and that that's that's where it started. Now it's just and then it's progressed. Yeah. So you've caught. A handful of cod and big cod on the fly. Yep. What is your biggest on the fly? The biggest came not so long ago. I think it was the 4th of January. It was my second fish for the year. So I'd managed to put a 102 on for 
the first fish of 23 for me. Dad didn't catch a on trout. On the fly? On the fly. Yeah. First fish for 23 was 102, and I was absolutely beside myself. Ate it like a champion off the scope. was hounding a school of readies, and he came and turned off at once, and I, he sort of shunned, and then I put it back over him again. We'll go down it maybe today or maybe in another time. Fly fishing off the scope is a completely different. We'll touch on that in a second. That's, that's, that's a wild we'll thing. It, yeah. But put it over him. He rolled up and did exactly what you wanted. He turned that 45 on it and, you know, he's going to boof and he's in, you know. He, now, difference between summer cod and winter cod, I found out, he absolutely kicked my date, right? He, yeah, yeah. He had me everywhere. Yeah. Summer so, fish fight. Far got, out. Because in the winter, they're like, they should be Fard, hibernating. Yeah. It's like a hibernating bear. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need a snack. I'm just going to eat that ready. Whereas in the summer, there's so much food and they're so active and they're feeding so much. Yeah. The problem is there's too much food, which is why they're hard to that catch. Was, and they're deep. I don't know how I turned him off this school of reddies, but he, he, he wanted it, yeah. Mm, so this was sick. actually off my own tired fly. I was mm. super stoked. It's, it's a fly that takes... It took me two evenings to tie, and I'd had success with that same pattern. Um, like a few weeks prior, I'd had um, some confidence build up in this fly. Uh, guy that we're talking about earlier, James Norney. Yeah, um, he, he came up for a visit. He came he? up for a visit. Yeah, he was in town doing some um, doing some guiding, and I uh, took him out on the dam. Jim is a what's called a master caster. Well, he's actually going for his master caster. He's a certified casting instructor, and he's probably like the ideal candidate to fish on the scope. Um, because he can cast a full fly line, 100 foot fly line, exactly where it needs to be, exactly when you ask him. Yeah. Much like what you do on a spin rod, there it is, punched long way. Yeah. Fly in the dark with half a chook on the end of the rod <laughs> is not an easy thing. Anyways, this fly that takes two nights to tie, got it down there, and I'd had a good response with it before, but I never, I never connected with one. He put it out, and we saw this thing lift up off the bottom and woof into it. 119 went Jim's first fish in Blowering. Absolutely, actually. He did he tell me about the three days he did with me years ago back when we just had the cast and we yeah. both cast fly for three, yeah. two nights, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. No good. No good. So he had he had done the, the what do you call it, the Blowering Yeah, he'd done his, he'd, yeah, yeah. He, he had to do. He knew, that he knew what he was coming for. I mean, he anticipated, he read the screen perfectly and he was half the time had a fly in the air as I was looking at something, much the same as how we, you know, you identify mm -hmm. the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I had confidence in this fly that I'd tied it to put me a 102 on that night, and then later on down the line, that same night, that same back night, to your story yeah, after back. You so we go. So now we're going back to that night when I um, got my PB across the board on all disciplines. Um, by now I've changed to a slightly different, and there's going to be another one again when the water gets cool because it is a cold water line and it will not handle this warmer water it's a different composition it would be too limp it needs to be cold in order to stay rigid otherwise it's just like a like a piece of floppy noodle anyways thought i'd seen something on the scope seeing it at about 20 and i do on a, on, a, on a nice cast i've got a sort of 20 25 meter cast and yeah popped it out it's a five to seven inch sink line so it takes a little bit less and it's a very aggressive shooting head so it gets sends sends it out there now you, yeah two false casts so two backwards and forwards and you've got to dump it and you've it, got to let it go cause she, it's too heavy she always oh, she it's it's got the inertia behind it you feel it and you're doing a whole you're really moving it and then you I'm doing the actions here, guys. I know, you've been it's doing funny. it all night, and I'm yeah. trying to explain yeah. the action for people. We usually <laughs> don't get the action, actually get the chance to see me doing it, hey? No. It's in the dark, and you send it out, and you pop it up at 10 o'clock where you'd release on your spin rod, and you let this thing send off into the distance. Anyway, put it out there, dropped it down, moved it along the bottom. This line sinks a lot faster. 
moved it past where I thought it was, moved the scope, saw a fish, and thought, oh, sugar, there it is, quick. So I tucked it up and I moved it as fast as I possibly could. See, the fly, obviously, I can't quite crank on as fast on the spin, so I've actually got to physically strip the line in hand over fish. And yeah. I was moving it so much faster than you could have ever imagined. And my line went down on a 45 to the bottom and hug about... Yeah, so when you go quick, it doesn't come up, it's going down. No, it's down going down, yeah, it's, it's pulling sunk. it down, yeah. yeah. So this has pulled it down faster. So it follows the contour down and then goes straight. Yeah, and it's coming along the bottom, and then it starts to come off off the rod tip. So it's about, you know, sort of you could say 10 metres in front, it starts to make its way up, and it makes its way up on a nice arc on a 45. And comes up straight yeah. and below you in the last couple of metres. Yeah, so yeah. I was as it's making that arc, it starts to raise, I was sitting in about nine meters of water and the fly gets up to about four and i see this fish break off the bottom not on a 45 on a straight vertical this thing came like it like it was one of those scud missiles that launch out of a, <laughs> out of a submarine no joke it broke straight off the bottom and kept coming kept coming i just so happened to have the scope facing the line like it just was what i was watching it straight up and then thump and like yep i've got it again looks like i Backstory to it, I, throughout the course of fishing off the scope or with this thing, I've had a terrible hookup rate. Yeah, I only I'll, use I want to talk about that. One single. So I'd come tight, yep, and I, for me, I'm stripping into it, stripping out, like, yep, okay, got it, got it, and it's just peeling line back out, just absolutely tearing me apart. Through your fingers. Tearing through. So bang, I'm onto the reel. Move the scope around, where is it? It's going towards it, sticks quick, you know trying to crane on it so again real low rod angles i can't lift i've got nothing in the tip it's yeah. got so i'm low and i'm trying to trying to crane him oh, that's... he's pulling the boat around it doesn't take much to pull the nose of my boat he's pulling me around and I'm, I'm going nowhere with it hey i'm just like you know come on you know i know it's i know it's big i can see it on the screen it's big yeah yeah and i'm looking it's, it's pulling me towards the bank so i'm like electric facing off the bank speed six pulling me back away trying to get back <laughs> trying to get back out into the deeper water yeah. you have a look at you have a look at my track from where i caught that fish it's like like a yo-yo hey all yeah. over the place finally got absolutely sucks on a fly rod to fish straight up and down but anyway that's what this thing wanted to do so it probably took about 10 minutes to get in and i knew it was a good one and i wanted to take it and wanted to get up in but i wanted to take it easy and make sure that i actually get in the boat because i mean to get one in the night's Dead, yeah, yeah. To get deadly, but to One pick up, and, yeah. to pick up two on the fly night for me, especially beginning of the new year. It's just like, oh, this is just okay. Let's keep it rolling. So, and got him up, go? stuck it in the net. One twenty-two. Hey, and I think I do. I call you up. Yeah, I've got a habit of doing that when yeah. a good fish I comes in the slow. boat. Yeah, it was hey. ten o'clock. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Just. I think I walked out of the room yeah. and I was like, hey, and you're like, oh, I just got another one. Yeah, you me yeah I called you on the first one. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're safe? I was like, no, nah, I was going slow. Yeah, yeah. But 122, yeah, so, so PB. PB. And fly. Uh, fly, yeah, for, for spin and fly, 122. Yeah, that, and that for me, it was just like, phew, that's so good. It's not like, oh, you know, I've done it now. It's just strengthened up. Looking at Reese's 120 on the wall. Sorry, 130. 130 on the wall. That's a big fish. That's the new. That's the new mark. And also too, look, I'd love to. I'd love to tap one. Um, and top that was water. Off the top too. That one. <laughs> I'd love to do a big one on top water on the fly. On top water fly. It would be a mission, but it's possible, I reckon. So, the, we're going to finish up because I. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How long we've talked for. But before we do, uh, we're going to have a chat again. So we'll have another episode following this one, talking about 
the behaviour of COD because we've you've experienced so much about how they behave. You know, only a year, but you just fly. Yeah. And there's a very there's a big contradiction or not. It's a very different way of fishing because plastic you wind it comes up. Yeah. Fly. You keep pulling it, it wants to go down. It wants to go down as it belly, with that fly as, line. It, as it levels out to its depth where the lines, because it sinks the lines heavy, so it sinks down. But as you pull it from the head, it levels it out. Yeah. And then it tracks and it just horizontal. Sits. It sits down. You twitch, twitch, sits. And I, I. You've seen it twice yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've How, seen. Can, can you <clears throat> recite our first, your first experience watching me cast a fly on the scope? Remember that? The first. We came into Log Creek and he said, I just fish top water if you want. I had a couple of casts. I said, No, bugger. I said, This is what I can do on the fly. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's the cast. That's how far. And then I said, I This like, is yeah, what cool. I did the other night. Put it 45 at the yep. bank. And you went, Oh, yep, there yeah, it is. Fly. Oh, it's not really going that far. I I'm said, like, Here's the retrieve. Strip, strip, pause. And you, what did you say? I was like, Yeah. Don't stop. Don't stop. There's one on it. Like yeah. straight away, there was one. Because you just showed me where to cast. It was still before dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just, I'm like, oh, it doesn't get down that far. And you were literally on the bank. And yeah. you're twitching it off. I'm like, don't, just keep going, keep Because one had peeled off the log and yeah. looked at it. Yeah. So we're going to get into a conversation. We won't do it now because where we're at. So hopefully messages, guys, if you want to hear the rest of the story. But yeah. what I want to bring out is how different. I've seen so many fish react to topwater, plastic, swim bait, all sorts of swim baits, right? I've seen it for quite a few years. So you think you would see a variety of most things, coped and Burringer, you know. You've had, you've had a good... Seen a fair round of how they behave. Um, we went out one session, I got one of the plastic. Um, one thing I, wanted, I won't talk about now, but is how I believe you were catching so many fish on the fly and hits. You were getting way more hits last winter on the fly so compared many. to what we were on plastics and swim baits. Yep. Like, you'd be like, yeah, I dropped two. I'm like, what do you mean you dropped two again? So, one, the hookup rate's really bad. Yep. But the hit the, the hit rate is way higher. Yeah. And we found in the end that there was there's this bay we come into, right? It's quiet. It's it's There's not much going on. Mm. You throw a plastic, splash. Every fish in that area... On the screen, you start to see them cruise out. Like one, two, three. They'll just mosey on out and they're gone yeah. out of the bait within three casts. Yeah. We went into that bay, which it was a couple of weeks earlier, went in with Dan and they all peeled out. Went in there with you, cast a fly in there. I was like, yeah, fish in there, there's fish in there. You literally would cast in and you were short of a fish. Yeah. The fish didn't know you were there. Yeah. You chucked the fly in and you literally, I was like, oh, no, nah, you're on the right spot. He gets to go again yeah. and again because he doesn't again. know it's there. And then, yeah. boom, he sees it and looks at it. The one That's one thing, the subtlety of it. The presentation. Just incredible, which yeah. is why I think you got... But it's it's location. It's powerful in a specific location. Yes. On an open point, windy point, point not, no, not, not, not that good. No, Far no, no, from no. ideal. No. In the back of a really quiet bay where the splash of a lure spooks fish. Now, we do talk about splashes attracting fish. Dan caught a really good one at Bar and Jack in one of his YouTube videos. It splashed in a tree. It rocketed out of the tree and ate it. Yeah, reaction bite on it. But if you were to give yourself a hundred hookups, it's probably going to happen five percent of the time. And also, too, in that situation, the back of the bay in pitch black dark, you don't actually know how far you've got. I mean, unless you're a really accurate yeah. caster, it's it's difficult trot to send a heavy bait. Yeah, and put and the brakes on at the right time. And the fish are in that area, and you want to cast past them. It's a yeah. bit hard, yeah. and it's quiet. Yeah, and they spook. So. Yeah. I just found that the fact that they didn't spook to the fly, which is why you were getting so many hits, but the other thing is the realistic way in which it swims, which you cannot get 
with a plastic or a swim bait or any lure and the way that the lure rises so quickly whereas the fly tracks and I I did a couple sessions and you used the fly but it never really happened but since then you've done a lot of fishing we went the other night yeah that was there was like chalk and cheese at the beginning of it yeah yeah and now now down the line on your journey you since upgraded when did you upgrade to the live tech after literally after we went and did that first trip out so end of winter last yeah. year so you yeah. caught i remember you saying to me don't, don't get it wait till next season and i was just like yeah because you had a look and you just couldn't believe how your fly behaved how the cod behaved what they did you're like and that relates how me, much can i learn here sight fishing yeah right yeah. so like sight fishing be it dry fly fishing be it on the flats yeah be it just surface feeding barra like yeah watching it i can go and sight fish in pitch black dark Yes. Like that is just... That's what it's like. It's the best. Yeah. It's difficult. It is. It's hard, but it's sick. So you went and you you, you, t- you took that info on because you got yourself the live stuff, so you were yeah. able to absorb that. But we went the other night, and I could not believe how the fish reacted to the fly. And you're like, yeah, that's how they do it every time. Because you have to fish very differently. Yes. I'm looking for a fish that's out doing a bit, whatever, yep. you have become that in tune to actually chasing fish staged on the bottom and hiding and are almost invisible. And it's a real art to reading that screen and we're just going to put together a course down the track that will show how we use the tech. But you're fishing for, and that's what makes it hard in blaring because you're carp as well as cod. Absolutely. And I usually don't chase a fish if I can't distinguishingly tell that it's a cod. Yep. But you have no option. So you Absolutely. are casting in a carp. There's a carp. That, well, that one's a cod. And the way they react off the bottom and the way that those two fish the other night reacted to the fly... Peel up, hey. I've never, ever seen it on a plastic or swim bait yeah. or top water. Maybe on a top water, but top water is a different scenario. But I've never seen... So with a plastic and swim bait, it has to be relatively close. I've never seen a fish move so far. Nearly every fish on the fly... A long, like quite a distance away, You've twitch, hey. twitch, twitch, twitch. It just sits there, sits there. Then it goes, whoop, peels. Yeah. Like, you're getting it three metres from the fish, and you're like, yeah, that's close enough. I'm like, what? Yeah. Boom. Rock it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my heart was in my throat watching that, and it yeah. didn't, both of them didn't eat yeah. or commit, but I've never seen one go, whoop, up for a plastic from so far. I have had it in my whale a couple of times, but... How was it? Like, remember that first one? Oh. burnt up, and then he, like, faked off. And the bit... Because when I stopped the... When I stop the fly, it pulls streamline, and then when I stop it, it fluffs out again and it holds itself. So the fly, yeah. So yeah, as I've, it doesn't as I've pulled sink again or rise, it just hangs. Yeah, so which I've, is why they're so good. So he doubled back and came rocking them back up on it again, and then woof, big cavitation. No, he didn't want it. No. It's just like, <gasps> What's wrong there? But anyway, it, it, I just could not believe, it. and I think it's because it's like a fish. The yep. fish is just boom, yep. just sits there. It doesn't sink, doesn't yep. rise, doesn't have to keep rolling. You can literally boom pause, which yep. is why I think when you're twitching them off the edge, you're getting so many more hits because it's suspended. It's so more realistic. Yep. So anyway, I think that is a conversation for totally, man. We can. We well, can... this was that was meant to be. Well, you've already touched on your journey. That's that was a good part of it. Yeah, and then I was going to talk more about that, but we've we've clicked over a few minutes here, so. Yep. We will touch base again and just talk about cod behaviour. Yeah. The flyer versus the, you know, baitcaster gear and just everything we've both learnt and what I know and what you know and yeah. the the style of fishing. I mean, you've got flyer, you have to f- change and adapt the way you fish. Absolutely. You're fishing differently to, you learn. Yeah. 
your lessons from the bait caster stuff and using plastics, but then you've gone, I can't actually fish like that. No. I've got to fish like this. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to change it around. Yeah. And, and then the it, same went for the live tech. You're yeah. like, right, I want to use this, but I actually have to fish slightly, slightly different again. Slightly different, yeah. And I learned from, from, from watching you on the on the spin, like you've got to put it far, you've got to hit them at a distance. They know you're there quick, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, my sink rates, without with getting a natural presentation, I can't have a weighted flyer, so... I have got to hit them at as far away as I possibly can to get it down to them to even be in like patience. The tr- trigonometry of it, like if there's a fish on the move, well, I've got a scope to see. Okay, which way is he heading? Yeah, he's heading that way. Okay, so I take it off the fish altogether. He comes back into the screen. Right, I take it off again. Line up my cast. That's how you fish with plastics, though. But you've got to now do it to a greater extent. Yeah, because you have to understand your sink rate. It's the same principle. Yeah, it's just your sink rate is miles, miles, miles slower, and your distance of your cast is miles Miles shorter. shorter. Absolutely. And then you put in the the particularities of like, especially because I'm dragging such a big fly through there. I need to wait, make sure that the wind is blowing, if there is any degree, off my shoulder. I can't work up into the wind because the, the distance on my cast goes to absolute poop. I can't mm-hmm. cast that far. Mm-hmm. I can't go with the wind behind me because then I come onto the fish too quickly. My fly doesn't sink that fast. And then I get too yeah, far. Yeah, the boat, it pushes the boat onto I, you too. I can't electric yeah. away from it because then you're just bringing the fish to attention mm-hmm. that you're there. So it's a really particular, mm. yeah, it's, a, it's such a finite thing to do. It's dead slow. And that's why you're saying like a casting, I don't cover as much country. So I've got to try and cover what I can, be it a good-looking log, rock. Sometimes there's a return on the bottom that is or isn't. Maybe it's a carp. It, mm-hmm. If it moves, we're on. If it doesn't move, next fish. Next, next. Yeah. Next. What uh, to finish this up? Because you told us a few stories. It was a good caption there. You got the one twenty-two. Um, how many meters have you caught? We wouldn't be far off. We wouldn't be far off ten. The exact numbers. Lost. A little lost in there. This next season, you're gonna ride. We're, it on we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take notes. But, but it wouldn't you've be caught three on the, three on the uh, plastics no, and two boats. Four because there was a there was a, a small one o, not small, but a um a, an early one o two in there. And you reckon you've caught four or five on the yeah, and a bunch of eighties and nineties. Yeah, there's been eighties, nineties, a couple of small seventies. It's in a very good it. scorecard for twelve months, mate. Not even twelve months. Not even. Yeah, so it's. What are we coming up to now? I think I first touched the lake in June. I, I guided through guided through June last year and then started in the beginning of July. Wow. Yep. And that was crash course straight into it. There you go. What a story. I tell you what, that story that took up half the podcast at the start had me fully intro. I can't believe like everyone lives a different life and mine is completely different and that's just pretty cool. There's been a bit going. It's pretty cool. But hey man, I've Chum it's home now. The partner's just moved here, set yep. up camp. I'm, yep. I'm a happy, great job. Chimit River and yep. Blaring Cod. Good company. Yeah. Good dam up the road, great river just here, high country. Yeah. Can't really ask for much more, hey. Thanks for the chat, mate. You're it more than welcome. To, took a while to do it, but uh, we will have another catch-up chat, I reckon, relatively soon to continue yeah, that conversation. Then maybe a third one talking about trout for those who love their fly trout stuff. I think that would be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, well. if anyone's interested, you know, hit race up if you want to know some more fly stuff. We can we can go down the line. I mean, I am by no means, you know, what am I trying to say? I don't know everything. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. But what I am, I'm more than happy to try and, if anyone's interested on the cod journey, hey, like, Give it a run. What's your uh, Instagram? At Jimmy B. J-I-Triple-M-Y-B. 
Triple M yeah. YB. Yeah, J-I triple M YB. Is that because double B. M was taken? You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I should actually try and change it to Jimmy Barley. I have a, I have a I sniff like, and say. Where does a third M come from? Jimmy it's got to be because someone else has taken it. Yeah, Surely it someone's got Jimmy B. We'll try Jimmy Jimmy Barwick again and see if that comes out. But yeah, yeah. at Jimmy B, there's a few cod in there, quite a few trout, a couple of pictures of Reese actually. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, you're in there. There you go. A couple of nice fish you got. Yeah. yeah. Cod. Yeah. 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 We got a nice one. That was off the rod tip nearly that one. That was. That was a doozy. Last year. I've been it. I've been my 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 good luck mojo has, yeah, yeah. has, has runs to you. Yeah, three times we've been out and I've caught three cod. And I've blanked. We have not gone <laughs> we have not gone on a donut session of blaring yet, so And you pants me when we had our little sneaky sesh on the river. Yes, recently. That was yeah. good. That was off the back of a shit hot day for me, I've got to say. Yes. We'll yeah. touch that one next time. Yeah. Woo! Awesome, mate. Appreciate right. it. Cheers, Trace. Thanks very much. No worries, bud.